on this episode of the Star Wars Time Show. The dudes are back together after Nick's trip to the Outer Rim, and they have plenty of Star Wars to discuss. They'll detail multiple new reports on the Ahsoka series, including the casting of Sabine Wren. The Book of Boba Fett and its new details released this week will also be discussed. A few quotes from Kathleen Kennedy will be dissected to predict the future of the sequel trilogy cast, as well as an update on the state of the Star Wars video game license. The show will wrap with the fan question of the week responses, as well as our iconic top five featured Star Wars artists of the week celebration. Punch a Chewie! Welcome to a new episode of the Star Wars Time Show, and if you're on the live stream, guess who's back? It's Nick. We're all happy. The gang is all here, as we like to say. Look at him. Look, he had a week off. He's he's looking healthy. <laughs> his his face is still a little red, you know, so he still has a drinking problem or just a lighting situation. In his I'm pretty studio. sure that like like everybody said. I see it popping up in chat. So like. I don't know if this is contributing, but it's essentially like the only lights that I have on when I do the cast is like I have my open window, which is like all, all right. natural light coming in. And then like my screen shining on my face. Yeah, so I, I, know. I know you're I know you're not a drunk. All right. Yeah. It, but it, like it's not just me saying I remember I think it was like when, before you left two casts ago, uh, SW props is like, yo, is Nick drinking again? No. <laughs> because his face is all red. It's not. It's a lighting issue. But hey, you guys were bitching at us and gals for being in black and white. So we turned the color back on. And now you keep busting Nick's balls for having a drinking problem. Come on. See? Gosh. Can't make Get anyone happy these days. I mean, in any any area of Star Wars, be it even shitty fan podcasts, we cannot <laughs> keep all fans happy. But it's all right. That That's just the, the Star Wars life. And guess what? There's always time for Star Wars time. And we are back for episode 189. Oh, my goodness. We're not going to hit 200 before the end of the year. But, you know, we, we did a damn good job getting up to the uh, 190s. Um, all right, Nick. So, hey, good to have you back. It, it's never... Uh, I don't want to say I didn't have fun last week. I always have fun, especially when I just get to listen to myself and completely dominate the conversation. I know I usually, you know, caffeinate and dominate you when you're here, and I don't try to. Your fans have scolded me for that and, and stepping on you and your ideas and your thoughts. Um, but the show just isn't the same when I don't have Nick here, someone to talk to, bounce ideas off of, someone to contain me, someone to reel me in. So it's good to have him back. But, you know, he was out at Batuu last week, not his first time. Uh, so we don't really need a, a full recap of the trip. But this was your first time, Nick, riding the uh, Rise of the Resistance, right? Or the Rider Resistance, whatever the fuck it's called. Yes, Rise of the Resistance. So it was... It was amazing. I mean, I think you said this when you came back the first time you had ridden it. Like it's 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 by far the best theme park ride I've ever ridden or yeah. ridden. Um just the level of immersion in that ride is like mind-blowing. And this is, you know, I rode it with my family 
And uh, a majority of my family are not Star Wars fans. I mean, like my brother kind of casually, you know, like he'll watch the movies and, and uh, the TV shows and stuff like that. But he's not like a like a hardcore Star Wars fan. Taylor is like a Star Wars fan through me. But like everybody got off that ride and they were like, this is hands down. This is the best ride in Disney World for sure. And probably the best ride that they've ever ridden. Um, hey, dude. It's so pretty what- fucking crazy. To you, what was the moment where you were like, holy shit, this is pretty intense? Because I, I know m- mine was walking off the transport onto the Star Destroyer deck there, like the like the docking bay. And yeah. you just look outside and you see space and you, they have all those, you know, stormtroopers standing there. Yeah, that, that was the moment. I mean, that's when it because like up to that, I was like, OK, it's a little different. You know, you're kind of, you know, you're standing on this transport. There's things going on yeah. like uh, it's like, OK. It still feels like a ride, but then as soon as those doors open and that first order officer standing right there, it's like, whoa, like I'm, I'm in it. Like this isn't a ride anymore. Like I am in Star Wars. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah. It it was fucking wild, man. I tried to ride it again, but, um, there's still a lot of issues with the ride. Like it, it still breaks down pretty often. I, I was going to ask how many breakdowns did you have to deal with? Or did you get through a clean one? So I got through my ride was not interrupted. It was clean. Apparently my brother who goes to Disney more than me told me that they've gotten to the point now with the breakdowns to where like they'll actually shut down certain sections of the ride, but you'll still go through it. So like sometimes like if one particular area is having a problem, like in like, for example, in one part, like you come up and you're like under under the bridge and you see Hux and Kylo up there and they're talking and stuff like that. That's but they what don't broke really for see me. That, so they will shut that part down completely and they'll do the whole ride. You just won't go through that section. <laughs> but hey, you they, get your money's worth at Disney. Yeah. But um. The first, so the the time I wrote it, we had no issues. It was it was full go all the way through. I tried to ride it the next day, and it was literally shut down all day. Wow. Like the whole ride wow. was they like they. I mean, I mean, I got in. You know, I put in my my boarding pass or like I got my spot in line. And by the time I get to the park, because you can like set it up before you get to the park. Um, it was shut down and I was like, okay, well, we'll just hang out and we'll see. We're there. We're at the park for another two or three hours, never open back up. And it was just, they yeah, literally pulled everybody out of line and they were like, look, it shut down. We don't know when it's going to come back. So if you guys have like passes or something like that, you know, fast passes for this, we'll, we'll give you free fast passes back. So yeah, dude, it's, it was it's wild. just like, I mean, I feel at this point, because it, it's a full, it, I mean, we're talking, it's, it's been up for two years now almost, I believe, yeah. at, at the Florida, at the Florida uh, location at least. And, and it's, yeah, it sounds like the exact same thing as day one. So uh, to me, it's, this thing has been engineered wrong from the get-go then. Because yeah. if, you, if you haven't been able to figure out the issue yet, it was just designed poorly. Yeah, I mean, it's, I will say like having ridden the Disney rides basically for 20 plus years at this point, like that is by far the most intricate ride they've ever designed. Right. In terms of well, it has just, multiple routes too. That's why I was going to see yeah. if you, if you got to ride it twice. Cause I know at least when you hit the at, at bay that you either like go up one way or go up the other. And it's a completely different experience through that room. 
Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Like I, I know that like Finn, like in my ride, like I saw Finn like in the AT-AT room and he was like exchanging fire, but sometimes he's not there. Right. Um, there's like a lot of different like, you know, modular parts, I guess you would say. Yeah. And I think that's what largely causes the problem is that it's so intricate and like there's so many different like little branching paths that can happen that like something in the works gets gummed up or I mean, you know, there there are still rides like pretty standard rides in Disney that break down. I mean, I I saw, you know, the the what you call it, like the Seven Dwarves Mine Train and Magic Kingdom was shut down for multiple hours for some reason. And that's just like a pretty what straightforward roller coaster. I like, don't know. I guess I, 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 don't know. I was I was at Cedar Point over the summer. America's roller coast. And, you know, outside of like the 420 foot tall dragster coaster, everything pretty much ran all day long. You know, maybe it maybe a quick time out here or there. But I, I think you're right. It seems like it's as Bat saying in here, it, it seems to be the in the business model of Disney parks is to just make sure everything fucking breaks at some point in time. <laughs> I, maybe it's so you buy more concessions or wait in lines for the stupid ass you parade. Come, that's you have the to same come back day. again to <laughs> ride it. But uh, no, I mean, look, it's it's by far it's it's not even close. It's hands down the best theme park ride I've ever ridden. And it's like the story yeah. that's that's even built into it. The interactions that you have with the cast who are playing, you know, the 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 uh, the first order officers and stuff like that. It's, it's insane. The level of immersion and. Just the, the the scale of the build of that ride is is bonkers. It's like you have five full sized ATM sixes in there, full size. Like they're not like scaled down versions. No. These are how big these things would be if they were built in real life. And there's just Dude, so it, much. It, it, it's place. in like a multiple story building because I was in it yeah. when it very early on. It broke down. They had to like come and get us, and we had to walk through the back halls of the building, and we were going down flights and flights of steps. So that's a bummer. But it like like SW Props is bringing up here in the live stream chat. By the way, if you want to join the live stream every Tuesday, you know, sometime in between one thirty and two forty five, we're live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. Give it a try. But uh, what props is saying, and, and, and I think he's dead on, I was going to say it too, but that, the level of mer- immersion you get on that ride, specifically specifically coming off of the transport, getting onto the Star Cruiser deck, that is going to be everything at the Halcyon. Like, that is, your entire stay at the Star Cruiser Hotel is going to feel just like that, where everyone there working is going to be in character. I know sometimes it's a little goofy when you're just there. It's like, hey, fuckhead, I know you're just a regular guy. Get the fuck out of my face. You're not (laughs) Kylo Ren, you douche. But it adds to the experience. I I just hope that the the hotel isn't breaking down left or right, or that's going to be a, a, you know, swift kick in the nuts. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, like, I, you know, did my full pass through of... Uh, Batu and Black Spire uh, outpost. Did you get to see the hotel then? At least the structure. There was. I don't know if there's like because like I walked. We walked around the whole thing and like you see in like promotional images that they have like Star Wars Halcyon or something like that like etched into stone somewhere. But I didn't see that anywhere. So I don't know if like there's if it's like connected to the park and then like you take because I did see kind of like an alleyway. That yeah. potentially like you would walk through to get to it, but there was no outward signs of the hotel 
from the park yeah I, I, I thought it was like in the back the back ass of batu like way back there oh well all right yeah. well he's back um, he didn't die uh yeah. but he did bring back some new toys didn't you you, you, you managed to snag yourself uh, the one thing he collects those are lightsabers and, and I know, know everyone, we, we did not we, we did not plan our outfits today. This is how <laughs> the force works through the Star Wars time show. I shit you not. The shirt I'm wearing was at the very bottom of my Star Wars shirt pile, which is essentially my uniform pile for the show. And I was like, oh, I'll grab it from the bottom because clearly I haven't worn them in a while. And lo and behold, I turn on the camera and my good man, Nick, is wearing the same shirt. So there same you go. Shirt. The force uh. is with <laughs> us and we love it. Indeed. So yeah, I picked up a couple of, of sabers. They're the character sabers. Um, so not the Savvy's Workshop builds. And um, uh, so actually one of them was a, was an early Christmas present for Taylor. But this is the first. So this is how they come in the box. So like you get a box like this. Ah, look at that. Plastic, very cool looking. Push the little symbol. So the symbol is like the button to open the box. Open. And you have your your saber in there and as you can see if you're watching the live stream this is the leia saber from rise of that Skywalker. looks pretty good in person actually i like the it, like the does. copper tone that two-tone look yeah it is and it's it's well built i mean if if there's anything that i can say for for the disney park sabers and i know that you know props is is not gonna be appreciative of them because of his more uh you know is higher higher quality ones but they are solid they're solid builds you can see that this one here actually does have like a pretty good grip at least you know my fingers yeah it doesn't it doesn't muted. look like a mag light at least you know it doesn't yeah, look too thick it's not as fat as the ones from um from savvy's um with this one too so with the leia saber in particular there is a there's a a, a little work with it so this is like a display piece and then if you want to put your saber in there's another piece that's in here under the uh the stand for it that you screw on to put the the blade in so that was uh that was pretty interesting so nice little leia organa do they make changing saber? batteries easy or is it a pain in the ass like the savvy's blades yeah so I yeah, it just says to unscrew the bottom, so I haven't done that yet. But we can look at it here. Does it have like a cartridge, and the batteries just go into it, or you got to start Ooh, unscrewing yeah. shit? Nope, there you go. Yeah. You just All right. So up. last it was like two weeks ago when you're here, I was like, dude, do you know how to change the batteries on your savvy save? And you're like, I have you no have idea. You literally I, take it apart. Yeah, I, I went and looked it up. You have to break it fully down, get yeah. the get the cartridge out, and then get a fucking screwdriver to take out batteries. Who else here, raise your hand, thinks it's a crime when you have to use tools to replace or install batteries? Me! <laughs> Hello? Fuck that shit. Why do, you, why do we screw battery doors in? Anybody. Yeah. Anybody. I, I, that was a, a very odd move. And I, and I get it. Like, they're trying to give you an immersive experience with, like, Putting the pieces Yo, together. Yo, fuck and you, stuff Jedi, like Jedi's that. weren't using uh, Phillips head <laughs> screwdrivers to power their lightsabers, bro. Very true. Very true. <laughs> so the next one that I got. So this is the box here. Oh, you can see that this I, is I a, already see the symbol. I see. This is symbol. a bigger box. So then you, we're, we're, you press. We're going to be open. talking a lot about her today. We will be, and the interior reveals oh, look the at this. two Ahsoka Tano blades. Um, from Clone Wars, 
these have a really cool effect on them. So, and, and I know it's not going to be screen accurate, but essentially, so you have, and these sabers are, are also just so extremely light. I mean, that's one thing that I was so happy about with these Ahsoka sabers is that Ahsoka is a very fast moving character and these sabers are very light and they're very easy to maneuver. You can see the difference in size between the two of them as well. This is the shorter one. The longer one, you can see that there's a, a size difference. So Nick, are they, is it, is that chrome plastic or is that still like metal no, with a chrome this finish is, on it? This is all metal, all metal. Okay. All right, um, all right. So the, the quirk with this one is there is your on off switch right here. So just like it typically would be, it doesn't come on if you, unless you have a blade attached, unfortunately, but there's a button on the back that you can hold for six seconds. And when you do that, the blade color switches from blue to green. Um, ah. that's, that's the only one in the, in the character sabers line that actually does that. Um, which is cool. Now the, you know, we obviously know that the sabers that Ahsoka uses in rebels are white. The ones that we see here using the Mandalorian are also white. Um, so these are specifically listed. If you look on the bottom of the box, it says Ahsoka Tano clone war. So these are her clone war sabers. Um, and pro and not the ones Anakin gave her then, right? Because I mean, he he gave her. Well, no, did he return her exact sabers? Do we I remember think that's in the it, final it, season, and he just he just changed the color. Yeah, I think that was it. Um, but she loses. I mean, she. I think she loses them during Order sixty six, and then leaves one on that ice planet where they crash, and that's the one Vader picks up during the epilogue, and is like, Yeah, oh, I'm a fuck up. So the two that she got from Anakin. In the final Clone Wars season, I believe they were both blue. Like, and then in, right. but in Clone Wars, for most of the series, I believe her shorter one was actually like yellow or like pale it, green. It, they're, yeah, they're, they're actually both green, but I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. I mean, even, uh, cause I, I want to talk a little Clone Wars myself. We, we just finally, I got the little kid back onto the wagon. Uh, you know, sometimes when it's just dad and, and daughter and there's no mom, dad can kind of get shit, shit done the way he wants to. <laughs> so I was like, hey, you, you got no other support here. We're watching Clone Wars tonight. So we finally finished season five to where she got to see Ahsoka's fall. I mean, it wasn't her fault that she fell from the order. The order fucked her over. But she's like, hey, daddy, why does she have a yellow one? I was like, listen, it, it's, it's, you know, it's your eyes kind of fucking with yeah. you. But it did, they did always seem like one was a, a lighter shade lighter of green shade of than green. yellow. I didn't so, green it, so I'm with you. So at, at this point with the Ahsoka Sabres, it seems like you can have double blue, which is what she had in the, in the you know, the Siege of Mandalore. Final, final season. Yeah, yep. final season. Or you can have like double green, or blue green, which she never, I don't think she ever really wielded a, like Got a blue green no, combo. Look, they look good. But, I, I, yeah. I, have a, I have one thing you may appreciate actually. Got this for my, my anniversary here. I know Nick can't, I don't have a camera on, but. It's like a, a wood box that some guy makes on Etsy and you can see that he's got the Jedi symbol on it. There's some arabesque writing and it's a, it's a lightsaber box. If you can see people on the live stream, you can see it. And I have I'm, my huge 
it's like the fleshlight dildo in there. That is my Savvy's workshop blade. <laughs> but it, it it does, man. It weighs like five to six pounds, I would say. This thing. It's okay, crazy. now I'm so now the, the live stream has caught up. That's a beautiful okay. box. That is oh, a box that is, is a great. Very it's nice. got like a, a velvet little deal in there, but then you know, you got this big ass honking thing. Like I said, <laughs> it looks like a fleshlight. You know, boy, I can you yeah. know just stick my wiener in the end of the hole here. Um, but no, so, I thought this yeah. box was pretty cool that she hooked up. I, I can't, I don't know what it says. Emotion yet peace, passion yet serenity, ignorance yet knowledge, chaos yet harmony, death yet the force. Very cool. Um, Very cool. So I think that's probably some sort of Jedi inscription where for me it probably should have been a Sith and it just said, die, die, anger, hate, fear, kill. But, no, I, I, I liked it. So, uh. Maybe I'll throw my dark saber in there when it finally shows up from the yeah. uh, Black Series build. So cool! I always like yeah. when Nick does show and tell because it's not like his—he's uh, not crazy like a lot of us that that collect Star Wars stuff left and right. Um, speaking of left and right, man, when you were gone, it's—I I think I finally realized that I—I I need to, and no bullshit, I need to stop collecting the Black Series line from Hasbro. It's—and this is no anger against the. The Rancor, I, I could I could give two shits. I didn't like it from the get-go. I, I was never going to buy it. I don't care if it fails. Who gives a shit? But it is. It's just I'm back to the point walking down in the Star Wars Time HQ after all these orders are coming in, and I'm just like, what am I doing with my life? Like, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> what is going on here? Uh, the, the toy photography hobby passion has definitely slowed. So why do I keep having to buy all these damn figures like I'm going to do something with them outside of just let them lay in their fucking box? But a lot of the hot toys showed up last week. I'm not going to go through them, but I will go through what could be the greatest figure of all time. And I've seen this from a lot of people in the community, and that is... One six scale hot toys live action Captain Rex. This guy right here, if I could make out with it, I would. Like, look at me, I'm licking it, tongue in his face a little bit. I mean, smelling his crotch. It's just a beautiful figure, and this is just the standard. Like he's got his Tamara head. He's got a three thirty second uh, Ahsoka helmet for him. Detachable uh, ammunition pouch. I mean, just it, it's just fantastic so there's my show and tell I, I i couldn't you know it's like we're in kindergarten and nick was the student where his parents actually sent in toys for show and tell and i was the kid where my parents forgot to remind me that i didn't have anything so i'm just trying to make well, up for that but now i need to my my big thing now is that i need to find an appropriate way to display these pieces because now my lightsaber collection has grown substantially so now i have let's see one, two, oh yeah four, it's five time for uh we yeah. need to hook you up with some of the dilated shelf people here because I, I think you are at the level where you need to get the glass shelf with lights and I, I then may, each each say each blade gets its own shelf essentially. I may I may need to do something like that because I have these now so I have five already one of them is plastic and I'm probably gonna get like a proper replacement for it that's the Skywalker family blade but I have five and then I have these down here so that's three more because of Ahsoka's two. And then I'm getting the Ray Saber in May when it releases the Black Series mask, like Elite FX Ray Ray Saber. So, I you know it's definitely becoming to coming to a point where I need to like start to. I I mean honestly like uh, some shelf space. 
Yeah, all, all jokes aside, you probably should loop in with Justin. I mean, I, I, I that guy of, of, of any of our listeners probably knows the best way to display um, sabers. Uh, yeah, I got my other hot toy that showed up. The the short trooper squad leader. He's going to join us for the show here. I'm going to move him out of my face just so his head's peeking in. People like that. Of course, we've got our our manscape display on set today. You got to love that, right? Manscape black big big Black Friday sale coming up. By the way, we'll be promoting uh, promoting it on the socials. Oh, just dude. be on the lookout. It's not going to directly help us, but you know, Manscape they're our friends, so we want to promote their Black Black Friday sale. Twenty five percent off site wide. I like will that, say Manscaped? that I I, I left my my foot deodorant at home on the trip, Uh-oh. and everybody suffered. <laughs> oh no! You, you you're just one of those people with naturally stinky feet, or you, you got to get a new pair of shoes. I, I probably need to get a new pair of shoes because those are definitely old. <laughs> like those are, the, those are the shoes. But like I wash them in the washing machine. But it's also like my my feet aren't usually that smelly. But like when you're walking <laughs> ten to thirteen miles a day in uh, yeah. Disney, like that shit just happens, man. It no just good. happens. So did, did you have like the preserver or the deodorant or or no? Or you you were just going all natural the whole week. All natural, baby. Yeah, you were Nick scent twenty four seven. One hundred percent. Get some mm, manly. Um, all right, good stuff. Well, um, a few other things before we get into the Star Wars here. As you can see on the graphic, if you're on the live stream, uh, no, this is not the Ghostbusters time show. But I, I do want to talk about the movie. Um, uh, real quickly though, before I do that, rewatching Clone Wars, Nick, I, I feel like I need to kind of re have you rescind my star Wars lore master card because I completely forgot how big of a character Nala say was in the lost season, season six. Yeah. I mean, she's huge. She's a shithead. Like at this point in time. I know at the end of Bad Batch, we're all kind of like, oh, poor Nala Say, oh, no. she's yeah. essentially becoming a, a pawn of the Empire, and they're going to you know, use her for her, her genetic abilities and her, her scientific methods, like, poor thing, poor thing. And now I'm like, hey, good for her. Fucking karma's a bitch, motherfucker. I mean, she <laughs> essentially was the one that ultimately leads to, you know, fives getting taken out. I mean, she is terrible. She's in leagues with Tyrannus. She knows what the chips are. She's trying to lie to Shock T, to the other Jedi. I mean, it is crazy. So fuck her, all right? No more sympathy for Nala Say on the Star Wars Time Show, okay? <laughs> I, I just I completely forgot that she was a scumbag. Like, just steady scumbag. And uh, the other thing, before I get into Ghostbusters, Foundation Season 1 wrapped last Friday. Choice fantastic from start to finish i know some people bitch and moan like oh you know i feel like it needs to pick up don't worry just put the time in by the time you get to episode 10 and it ends you're gonna be going give me season two holy shit talk about some crazy timeline changes and 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 shifts in the narrative i'm not gonna spoil anything but I, i would put it this way i feel like the show is just now starting its main narrative after you know 10 plus hours in season one uh the the thread with the cleon clones may be the best uh but i also love and i am a a huge fan of salver harden um one quick thing to if wheel of time on amazon prime uh we love it so far taylor has 
Taylor has read nine of the 15 books thus far, or she's on the ninth. And like, she's not like, she will admit up front that she is not a person who likes TV adaptations of books. Like she, she kind of like struggled to get into game of Thrones even. Um, but this one literally from episode one, she was like blown away by how okay. they've essentially like, what the, the intern way that she, was saying. Yeah. The way that she put it, she's like, they've improved the books. Like, Whoa. this is a show Whoa. that they've, that they've actually been able to make things move faster and it still feels organically like the hmm. novels and the same story That's that you're impressive, reading. Cause like, like Nick said, I mean, Taylor's pretty much all words and shit. I, I yes. assume Nick is probably <laughs> the one that has dragged her down into his, his level of just watching TV all the time. Like, yeah. you know, he, Nick's <laughs> like me, like we got to read, screw it. Let's just watch stuff. Exactly. Well, that, that, but, that's an impressive sell. And the intern was saying something very similar. Cause I guess he's big into the books too. He's like, Jesus, dude, this stuff is fantastic. If you got any questions, let me know. I was like, well, let me get through foundation. Then I'll, yeah, I'll get I up mean, in dude, that business. It's been fun because you know, with Game of Thrones, like we had both read the series by the time we started dating. And like, you know, we were we, we had started dating around the season eight uh, premiere. And but now with this, I haven't read anything and she's read so much. So like having her there is like a resource, like just asking her it's questions. Stuff, right. And yeah. like she's excited to tell me like she's excited to be like, oh, yeah, this is these are the red eyes to die. And this is what they do. And these are the green ones. And this is the blue. These are the blues. And all these different character, you know, plots and threads and all the different things that are happening in the world. Like I've never seen her so excited to watch a series. She was in like Amazon prime does, you know, the weekly drops and she's like, pissed. Uh, she's I, like, I, I want to watch it all now. <laughs> okay. So they're like HBO max or, or, yeah. or, or TV plus they do the weekly cadence. Still, yeah. It's not a Netflix dump. All right, exactly. yeah, Justin, uh, SW Props, we are talking about Wheel of Time, which is on Amazon Prime right now. I yeah. believe it debuted last week, so there's at least so one episode out there's there. There's three up now, so there's three episodes oh, okay. out. All so right. There you go. You got you about go. three hours of content to watch. I mean, it's it's top quality shit, too, man. If you're a fan of fantasy, like Lord right. of the Rings-style fantasy, I mean, this is going to go right to you. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be good. I'm telling you, like, it was good from episode one all the way through three. So I cool. mean, I'm sold. I mean, I, I was, like I said, I, now that I've rolled off a foundation, I needed something to fill the void. I'm still trudging through invasion, which, you know, they finally have at least incorporated the aliens into the fucking program. But, uh, it, it's still nothing that I would say, yeah, you gotta go watch like Nick is saying for wheel of time. Uh, there's some nuts on your faces, live streamers. You gotta like that GIF we got from our buddies at manscaped. You never know when it's going to hit you out of the screen. Uh, the screen. Oh, one six shooter saying it's low budget, Nick. So eat that. Tell that I mean, to Taylor. She'll, she'll get on camera right now and be like, fuck you, Trevor. <laughs> I mean, I, I disagree, but Hey, to each, each their own, to each their own. Uh, well, good. everybody that I've seen has been very, There's a lot of good stuff going on right now, especially in the, the sci-fi slash fantasy realm. I know Witcher, Witcher season two is coming up. I just finished my season one rewatch with the wife and yeah, that show is still pretty damn excellent. I love that how they uh, had those crazy timelines. And, you know, Yennefer, we essentially saw 90 years of her life. Uh, Ger uh, Geralt, we saw 30 years. And then Siri, we only saw two weeks, but then they, you know, kind of all 
lead into the same path there towards the end. So I, I'm, I'm jacked, man. All right, Wheel of Time will we'll go on the docket then now that Foundation has been completed. But I, I urge anyone with TV Plus to check out Foundation. Man, the money they put in there, the the, the quality of the of the VFX, the set design, the acting, you know, Lee Pace is a pimp. Uh, it's just, it was really good stuff. I mean, I, I, I love shows that kind of pique my interest and, and make me want to learn more. And apparently, unlike Wheel of Time, Foundation has made some fairly drastic changes from the books, uh, which I don't really give a shit because I didn't read them anyway. So I'm just enjoying it delivered to me in moving images versus words and shit. Um, no, we are not, I'm not going to do Ghostbusters spoilers. So thank you, Justin, for that segue. I just re- I just want to tell everyone like holy hell I was blown away my expectations were blown away that's probably a, a a better description of Ghostbusters Afterlife which is technically Ghostbusters three uh, I I went into it I I, I hate how people are like oh I went into it with low expectations no that's that's not the right way to say it I, I just went into it like all right I'm gonna check this shit out. I wouldn't say I'm a huge Ghostbusters junkie, but I was a big fan as a kid. Those fucking dogs scared the living shit out of me as a four or five-year-old when my parents probably shouldn't have showed it to me. Uh, I collected the toys. I watched a cartoon. I listened to the, who you gonna call, all the time. My dad would throw it up on the vinyl. I So I, I had a, a, like a lot of kids in the 80s, had a connection to Ghostbusters. All right, so I go into this movie. I'm like, fuck it, let's let's check it out. Jason Reitman, son of Ivan. Ivan made the other movies. Okay, there's you know you've got a little uh, family connection there. There there's kind of a through line from Ghostbusters one and two to this one, and it's it's a damn good movie. Uh, it's one of the best movies that are are trying to cash in on nostalgia. So you you definitely get the the nostalgia cash ins, but it didn't feel like in your face and that was all they were going for the movie itself tells a good tale that is both interesting funny charming uh the the little girl character is fantastic uh the little boy from stranger things he's always good in what he does uh their little uh, asian sidekick is fantastic and i have to tell you i was not expecting to have the emotional reaction i did to this movie, in particular, the climax scene. Nick, I, I, I was fucking crying in Ghostbusters oh. Afterlife. Like, <laughs> I mean, and, and as I said, I have a, a, a connection to it, a bond to it, but it, it is not even close to my ties to Star Wars or, you know, Lord of the Rings, other uh, nerdy shit like that. But I found myself welling up. At the end yeah. of this movie and, and what happens and how they resolve the conflict. I mean, I wish I could talk about it, but I'm not going to go into the spoilers. But uh, let's just say that uh, some of I think some of the tears were nostalgia for the old characters and what was happening. Uh, other tears are definitely a byproduct of becoming a father. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think most most guys will admit this. They may not want to do it on camera like I do. But when you become a dad, especially of a little girl it turns you into a fucking bag of mush, a bag of mush. <laughs> I mean, I was crying at ghost. Like it was bad enough, Nick, that I ducked out right when the credits hit and skipped the mid credit scene. I was like, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> fucking get out of here. I gotta get out of here. Like my, I know my eyes are looking misty. I don't want people to think I'm a creep, but, um, the end just fucking hit me. It was, it was like, wow, this is a great, 
homage to Ghostbusters in the original, but yeah. it was also kind of a, I don't know. It was a, it was a nice moment for uh, like family type of stuff. I'm really yeah. trying to be cautious here and not give away any, any spoilers. So I, I was completely blown away by afterlife. I mean, it, it, it's fantastic. It really is. It, it's a good movie from start to finish. I thought Paul Red was funny as fuck. Uh, it's just good. And, and it checks all the boxes for a movie like this. That's trying to be kind of its own film, but also paying respects to a major franchise uh, that it spawned from. So you, you, this one gets two thumbs up, two lightsabers up, whatever you want to say from Matt on the Star Wars time show. It's definitely right? a go-see for me. I mean, I've been a huge fan of Ghostbusters since I was a kid. And, um, you know, having watched them pretty much, like I don't watch them every year, but I definitely watch them regularly. And being having been disappointed by that last Ghostbusters movie that was just, you know, it, it wasn't really thought out well, in my opinion. It was Paul Feig who did it. and then, you Are know, you a misogynist, the- Nick? Do you just hate I, women? And that's the thing, though, is like <laughs> I, I actually, the, the character that I hated the most and I thought didn't make any sense was Chris Hemsworth character. Thor, right? I know Thor's yeah, in that it, shit. Like, so. If you're trying to play off of Janine Melnitz, who was the receptionist for the Ghostbusters like she wasn't some brain dead idiot like they played Chris Hemsworth like Janine was like was actually like a funny character and I thought his character was relatively shitty um I thought that the individual performances by the actresses were okay but I was like it just I don't know it felt weird like I didn't hate it like most people but I watched it and I was like I was like this didn't feel like a Ghostbusters movie to me you know, it, it didn't have that same essence as the originals did. So fair enough. Well, um, I, I can tell you this one definitely has the essence and it, it and it gets you right from the beginning. I think the way they start afterlife is key into kind of making the tie to the original movie. And then that tie carries on throughout. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it's really good. Like I said, I mean, I, I if you can do it safely. I would I would see it in theaters. Otherwise, wait. Um, I, it's not like a Star Wars or something. You have to go pay pay homage at the altar. But uh, it was it's it's fantastic in my opinion. So, oh. um, all right. I, I guess we should do some Star Wars stuff. I guess We're so. 40, this is the... forty minutes <laughs> in on the Star Wars time show, and all I did was bitch and moan about forgetting that Nala Say was in uh, the Clone Wars season six. So let's get to it, my friend. We've got a lot of like legit stuff to talk about today, but we're going to start with the big news that went down while Nick was out. You know, we were, I was fretting that, you know, Nick was going to miss Disney plus day and I was going to have to shoulder that heavy load. My God, last week I, we covered that, that disaster. Uh, but this, uh, the, the past week as Nick was enjoying the, the tail end of his vacation or famcation, we got word from a credible source deadline reported that Natasha Lou Bordizzo has been cast to play the live action Sabine Wren in the Ahsoka series on Disney plus. So, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that this character was going to be included in the Ahsoka series. We we've all, at least those of us that are dedicated to the cause, we study our star Wars scriptures. We knew based on the epilogue and based on the fact that she's throwing Thrawn's name around in the Mandalorian that any Ahsoka series was probably going to touch on the Star Wars Rebels epilogue, which happens, I don't know, 
year, I don't know, time after the Battle of yeah. Endor. And with that being said, we knew that they needed a live action Sabine Wren. Hell, last year when we you know, were trying to guess what was going to happen in Mando S2, you know, some of the some of the scenes from the trailers were like, oh, is that person he's looking at? Is that could that be Sabine Wren? And no, it was you know, it's Casca Reeves and all this fun stuff. But now we have it, Nick. So I have you ever seen Natasha in in anything she has uh, I guess she's best known for the society but she has been in some films and whatnot yeah so Uh, I I looked up her IMDB recently and like the one thing that I she looks familiar especially the picture that you use um I but I haven't seen her in that particular um yeah how how about that like I guess she acted in something where her hair is essentially dyed like Sabine already I mean yeah it has some of the purple, it has some of the orange. Um, but our, our boy SW Props, I mean, I copped his Instagram post because he I think he did a great job of side by sides with Natasha and the animated character. So I'll just flip through some of these while we're yeah. um talking about her. But yeah, I, I think the the one thing know, that I know her from was the Netflix original Crouching Tiger movie. Yes. Um, yep, she, she was, was in, in that. that. And, and other, props other than is that, saying I, this, the, the society she's pretty good in. If anything, she's got the looks, right? I mean, it, it, it's yeah. dead on. She, she's she got that kind of Asian Pacific Islander thing going on, which we know the Wrens were, were a part of. Uh, I, I don't want to say looks are everything, but they, they kind of are a little bit. You know, you don't want someone that looks drastically different from the character on on a live action uh, project like Ahsoka. I mean, I think Rosario was a great crossover. Katie Sackhoff still, I mean, it's crazy that, you know, she voiced and also crossed over to live action because she did kind of look like her. Um, So I don't know. I'm digging it. I'm glad. I I think, I don't think it's surprising that this stuff is starting to come out either, by the way, especially based on a lot of the coverage Ahsoka has been getting this week through, uh, Empire kind of teasing its book of Boba Fett issue, which is coming out on the 25th. You know, we got commentary we're going to talk about from the, the, the maker. Well, not the maker, the maker junior, uh, Floney yeah. talking about the series. Uh, we've got another story talking about, we, we know when it's going to be shooting. So it does sound like Nick Ahsoka is, is kind of wrapping all the pre stuff, you know, a little writing still has to happen, but you know, they're, they're getting the casting ready. Because uh, like we're going to say here, I believe, yeah, in our next story, um, it's going to shoot in March of 2022. Yeah. And I mean, uh, go ahead. that it's that itself is is good to know because it gives us a more solid timeline on when to expect this show. And I think that like one of the things that was super disappointing, particularly about Disney Plus Day is obviously we didn't get an announcement of any new stuff. Um but the biggest disappointment was we had so much that was announced the previous year and they they showed us essentially nothing from them. You know, like we had like 10 different series outlined plus films and right. we didn't get to see anything from nearly any of them. No, uh, it's all creative. It, it's, in, it's in creative difference land, right? That's the new thing at Lucasfilm. It, it's gone to the creative differences graveyard. But... Uh, like I said, a lot some some smoke starting to come out of the Ahsoka camp. Props is saying uh, per his colleagues, like, "Hey, let's go, loop us in, 
Like if, if you've got all this direct information, son, you send you it see to us, us on these emails. <laughs> don't, don't don't wait to the don't wait to the live stream home slice. But you know it's still close. Ahsoka shoot March twenty twenty two. Props is saying uh, April, March, April, same month. Humans made the calendar. It doesn't matter. The galaxy is in line for spring of twenty twenty two. Ahsoka shooting. Um, which I believe in the article today from Filoni, which we haven't covered yet, but just a nugget from there, it said, and this is official, like this, this is an empire talking to Filoni. It is saying that Ahsoka is, is planning to release after the Mandalorian season three. So that, that, that is going to put it right in the 2023 slot, probably springish that we have been guessing on. Yeah. And that's the perfect time for it, too, because we're going to I mean, like, it's safe to assume that there's going to be some like more crossover threads that are that are going to happen in Mando season. three oh, yeah, that will totally. flow into Ahsoka for sure, especially if, you know, Thrawn is that per- if Thrawn comes in, yes. you're definitely going to hear inklings of it in Mando season three before we even get to Ahsoka. Um, I mean, so dude, you I'm, can I'm even excited. get it. You can even get some dribbles in the book of Boba Fett. I know we have we have some shit to talk about that too, but it is still in the same timeline. Boba is playing in the Mandoverse as it's being called these days. So y- you may just get a casual reference. I don't know. It sounds like it's going to purely focus on on Boba trying to become a kingpin. Uh, but yeah, the, the the schedule's starting to flesh out. So uh, Ahsoka shooting next spring, and then uh, in this report also states that the acolyte which, you know, a lot of people like calling it by its secret name now, Paradox. Like, who gives a fuck? We know what it's called. You know the real who gives name? a shit what its shooting name is? Like, who cares? There's, there's so many w- odd news stories that get ran these days that people latch onto that I'm learning to just not fuck with. And there's a story I posted to, to Discord. And again, no offense to Bestman Bulletin. I actually like what the guy does. But he put out a post essentially saying, yeah, in, in a future issue of Empire, Kathy and Dave are going to talk about the Star Wars shows. It's like, no shit. All right. Well, what? How, how the fuck is that news? Like, who, who fucking cares? Like, yeah. until you're giving me something, who gives a shit? And that's what I'm trying to operate on these days. Unless it's like something to actually discuss and not just discussing something that's going to be discussed. What are we talking about? Right. What are we talking about? Um, So, yeah, if both these shows are shooting, you know, spring, early summer of 2022, then, yeah, we should expect both Ahsoka and the Acolyte hitting in 2023. The one thing I skipped on the Natasha deal for Sabine, I guess in the in the report from Deadline is that Sabine is listed and Natasha was cast as a lead character. Uh, yeah. So that should signal that it, it's almost going to be a, a, a buddy show. And it's not just going to be like the Mandalorian. And then, you know, he finds a friend or two for, for every episode. Uh, they very well could be in every episode together doing their thing, whatever that may be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm very interested to see how it plays out, especially considering the last time we saw Ahsoka, it seemed like she was almost in, I don't want to say, you know, like she was, she was kind of lone wolf in it. So seeing oh, yeah. how she links I mean, back up with, uh, I, I'm with you hundred percent. So it's like, is the Ahsoka series, is it going to get a little flashbacky, a little previously on, or is it going to pick up post episode five, season two, the Mandalorian? That, that is something interesting to, um, discuss. 
all right. So, like I said, a lot of stuff on Ahsoka this week, and and really. I think I'm going to have to go out and buy this Book of Boba Fett Empire issue, Nick. Uh, I'm not really into buying magazines anymore and sitting on the shitter and reading them and letting them get infested with, you know, uh, poo-filled air, and then I pick them up again. And you you know how it used to get. I don't know. Do you ever have a magazine rack in your bathroom before smartphones? Uh, No, we didn't have a magazine rack, but we did just have, like, a couple that... uh, sat on like the 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 back of the the toilet yeah yeah but if if people had racks and you left shit in there like it you could see the paper itself was dying from all the dumps (laughs) and peas and and diarrheas that have gone on in that room and then that 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 filth just sitting in the air like it like it would just wilt over like it would just be like <laughs> the, the, the magazines would like die, but there's there's just been a lot of good little drips and teases from this book of Boba Fett issue, which is coming out on November 25th. That I feel like I might have to go um, pick up a a copy. Physical uh, magazine. All right. Yeah, exactly. Like the 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 physical deal because I'm you know I'm always trying to get read about Star Wars, see what type of quotes we get, and if you notice, a lot of my coverage from these early Empire articles aren't the the titles most sites are running with because I like to kind of find the the quote that may actually mean something. Okay, so uh, today there we go. One six shooter. He's he's in my my era of, of shitting with paper and then leaving the paper in the toilet and what happens to the magazines. I actually think I still have some star Wars insiders from probably a decade ago in my bathroom right now. It's like I, they, they've almost become part of the room. They're like wallpaper. Now I just, I'm too lazy to fucking throw them out or I'm just a scumbag. Uh, but, but anyways, back to empire's coverage of all things streaming star Wars. Um, so Filoni did a little interview today and it was a tiny one. Like, you know, they're just teasing you cause they want you to buy the full issue. But to me, everyone, everyone ran with, Oh, uh, Filoni said, uh, Ahsoka is thrilling. It's like, okay. No, yeah. No shit. No <laughs> shit. We're star Wars fans. What do you think? Uh, but what I got out of it is that he, he more or less says that he has been planning Ahsoka's adventure in the Ahsoka series for a very long time. All right. Very long time. And if you think about that, so, I mean, here's some of the quotes he, he says here. Um, you know, obviously this is the one people jumped on, like, it's thrilling. I got to tell you, it's something you imagine doing for a long time. And then it's kind of startling when you're sitting he- there and now you have to do it. So apparently our, our buddy Dave is a little bit of a procrastinator because what he's talking about, I mean, he created Ahsoka, all right? that That's, yeah. I mean, the guy has contributed a lot to Star Wars since George brought him on, but that's his biggest. I mean, that's his, that's his Darth Vader, if you will. That's his Skywalkers. I mean, he, he cooked her up with George's help. You know, you got to give George credit because he was still working with him. But that's his girl, you know, so obviously he created her. He's probably always wanted to tell a story. But what I'm thinking here, and yeah, that's going to be thrilling to him. All right. Um, but here, here's the quote that I thought was interesting, and, and maybe Nick and I can kind of dive into it a bit. So here's what he said. 
I thought of this adventure for Ahsoka for a long time, and it's interesting to see how it's evolved. Years ago, I never would have imagined that it was sprung from a branch of a tree that had anything to do with a guy like Din Djarin or a child that looks like Yoda. It's a great lesson for me on how, when you have other creatives like Jon Favreau, they can help lend such dimension and depth to what you're doing. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking, Nick. And, you know, this isn't rocket science for anyone that has watched Star Wars Rebels. If Dave's been thinking about an Ahsoka adventure for a long time, it has to be what was teased in the Star Wars Rebels epilogue, where she shows up as Gandalf the Tano, right? She's got her white robe on, looks very <laughs> wise. Yes. Uh, you know, Sabine is, is kind of the narrator for the scene. She just finished her mural, and she more or less says... Ezra, we're coming for you, pal. Okay, this is past Battle of Endor, all the good shit's going on, New Republic starting to form. But Ahsoka shows up to find her friend Sabine to go find their other friend Ezra. So I, I really think that's what Dave is talking about here in terms of I've been thinking about this adventure for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I think there was every intention for there to be a direct follow-up to Rebels. And whether that be, you know, whether it didn't happen sooner because of ideas at Disney or what was starting to happen with Disney Plus and, you know, the work that was being done with John and Dave for The Mandalorian, like, who, who knows what really kind of, like, derailed what was what would have been, like, the original Rebels sequel, but now we've landed here. And I think that largely... It would have probably been very similar. It would have probably been a very similar situation to where, you know, Sabine and, and Ahsoka are kind of, you know, looking for traces of Thrawn or looking for traces of Ezra. But now you have this entirely different context to bring it into. Right. And I think that's kind of what what uh, Dave was talking about here, you know, to to help lend such dimension and depth to what you're doing, because it feels like. The general idea was there, but what's going on around it? Like, what are the what exactly. are the the situations in the galaxy? And that has all been set up now with with Mando yeah. and and everything that's going on. So yeah, awesome. so I, I I found that to be pretty cool because I mean Nick summed it up perfectly. Dave was like, "Listen, I I knew what this was going to be, but after working with John and my time on Mando, now it's going to be so much more. It, it's going to have that much more depth." in the star Wars universe versus just being potentially a, 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 uh, you know, kind of a, 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 f a true finale for rebels. Now yeah. it can be so much more because of what is happening in the Mandoverse timeline. And, uh, I, I love it. I mean, I, I love when a creative like Dave is essentially saying like, listen, I've just had my creative juices increased by a factor of 10 after working with John and, and seeing what we've created in this universe. And it's going to make my story for Ahsoka that much more uh, engaging. Yeah. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what the first draft would have been before he got involved in the Mandalorian to see if it, how much really changed. But I, I, it does sound like now it's going to be a much larger, if not galactic sized adventure uh, versus what's something that was probably going to be a little more linear, a little more true to the rebels formula. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm this, this is one of the series that I've been just keenly excited for because we all kind of 
I mean, as to Dave's point, you know, like we, we all kind of had an idea what it was going to be in some way. Like it's, it's the search for Ezra. It's the, uh, you know, having to, to deal with Thrawn again and everything around that. But it was, it was never clear after rebels, like how, like, what was the setting that this was going to take place in? What, like it would Thrawn even still be relevant to the galaxy by the time that they found him again, you know? But now we know, like now we know we have this Imperial remnant going on. We have all of these things with the foundation of the first order that's coming in the, in, in the future. Like the setting is, is what really brings things into focus. And I mean, this, this could be just like the, you know, like we've been saying for the Kenobi series, uh, this could be one of the best uh, live action pieces of star Wars that we've gotten in a very long time. So. Well, yeah, and the difference from Kenobi, I mean, I, I, there is still a little Skywalker attached to it, but it, it's, it's kind of growing beyond the Skywalker saga a bit on its own, where Kenobi is still going to be right in the, the, the thick of the Skywalker saga content. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's still going to be interesting to see how they really play it out, because, you know, clearly Thrawn has been injected right into the Mandoverse. All right, yeah. well, how? Last time we saw him, he was getting sucked out with those pergales with no fucking windows into deep <laughs> yeah, space. Into deep space. Yeah. Uh, you know, and getting crushed. Them? I mean, he was getting crushed by the tentacles. Like, I mean, that's why Ezra stayed because he was he was using the force to kind of keep him uh, contained. So, you know, we've always said so goes Thrawn goes Ezra. I mean, they're they're tied at the hip the way yeah. Filoni finished Rebels, and clearly it will be addressed, but who knows, maybe maybe it'll be lightly addressed in Mando Season 3, and then Ahsoka will kind of pick up from there and really get into the meat of things. Uh, but it'll be interesting, you know, are, are, will there be flashbacks at this point in Ahsoka? Uh, is it going to be right from the get-go, Sabine and Ahsoka, like a buddy cop movie? Um, yeah. But like I said, pieces are starting to fall in place, casting starting to get revealed, and and I 100% believe that's legit too. Th- th- this to me feels like some of the leaks we were getting for Mando season two. You know, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Uh, yeah. You know, talking about Katie. I mean, there. It was crazy how all that shit leaked and hit outside of Luke Skywalker's appearance. And Favreau himself even brought that up in that uh, behind the scenes deal for the Luke episode. He's like, it's it's nuts. We saw all the shit getting leaked and it was all legit. But somehow we kept the Luke thing under wraps. So I, I do believe the Natasha Lou Bordizzo as Sabine is, is as legit as it gets. And of course, this is directly from Filoni himself. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Good, good shit all around for the Ahsoka series, honestly. I mean, I think at this point, like, I, I kind of implicitly trust uh, Disney with the casting because I don't think that they've really made a misstep in casting in the movies or the shows. I mean, you can say what you want about, like, the quality of story for the movies, but I think that casting-wise, there hasn't been a misstep. And I think that... No, you're, you're right. I mean, even... Uh Miss Carano now, who I heard is now going to star in a movie about Hunter Biden's son. So, you know, her, her oh. offshoot career is good. No, I'm being dead serious, dude. Look it up. I'm not fucking kidding. My, I think it's called like my son Hunter. It's, you know, her and her buddy's new studio. They're going to make a lot of those goofy right wing type of flicks, but Hey, good for her. But even she was a good <laughs> casting for the role of Cara yeah. Dune. I mean, she might not have been the best of actresses or even that great at stunts, but 
her her beefy look was pretty perfect for yeah. a rebel, you know, shock drop trooper or whatever the yeah. fuck she, she was. She brought the physicality <laughs> that was needed for that role, and she yeah. she played it out pretty, you know, very well. Um, but hey, she's she's owning libs now and making huge huge projects. So good for her. Yeah. Um. All right. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Like I said, lots of stuff coming out this week because of this Empire issue. I'm telling. I think it's going to be great because they're they're teasing like, oh, you like these interviews? Wait till you get the real issue. I mean, I could be a dope <laughs> and I'm getting sucked up by the marketing. Nick knows better. He's a marketing champion. But hey. I am I am easily fooled into spending my money on shit I probably shouldn't spend my money on. But anyways, uh, we got a little ditty on the book of Boba Fett, and uh, you know we got some some quotes from Favreau and I think a couple from Robert. Right. So uh, the interesting thing here to me again, it wasn't that oh yeah Boba's going to try the the show is about Boba trying the in the in in, in uh, the galaxy trying to fill the void of Jabba the Hutt. No shit. Like we've established that. I mean, that, that was established in the first trailer. So that to me was no big deal. Yeah. To me, it was a little line, I think, from Rodriguez saying that we're essentially going to explore Boba Fett's true character in the book of Boba Fett. And that's something Nick and I have been talking about. Like, how is this guy going to present himself in the book of Boba Fett? Because up exactly. until what he did with Din, he was kind of a cocksucker. He was a lone wolf. He, he did have a code. We, we can give him that. But he was a shithead. He, he mostly worked for bad guys to foil good guys. Uh, you know, he was just no good. He, he, to me, he, he seemed like a very nefarious, shady person. He even called himself a wretch, essentially, right? Uh, you know, in that line that he uh, told the Din about him and Fennec and how the Dune Sea and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, something about being a shithead essentially is what you know i'm terrible at, at summarizing the exact quote but he's like look i was i was a puke and now i'm not so much of a puke because of my suffering and my time on tatooine in the dune sea so i i was wondering like all right well how is he going to position himself in the book of boba fett is he going to be the guy who just walks into Jabba's throne room and fucking murders like six or seven people without saying a word <laughs> i mean he literally said nothing nothing yeah. Bib, Bib's like, oh, Bob, how you doing? He didn't even say shit. He's just like, boom, just fucking shoots him. So, all yeah. right, how diplomatic can that person be? But like I said, what we got here in this interview, uh, let me just get to the quote. The Favreau right, this quote comes from, about the... Yeah, this, this comes from John. I thought it was Robert, but... Although Boba Fett is a very experienced bounty hunter, he's not experienced at running a criminal syndicate or managing forces. He's not normally a newcomer. He's an expert as we see him in most areas, but in this case, he's trying to transition to another position. It's like if you've ever worked in a corporate structure, he's a new manager. You know, yeah, he was yeah. he was really good on the floor. <laughs> he was really good behind his desk. But now he's got to manage people. And that's a whole different thing. If you've ever made yeah, that transition, so we you know really are. Like. I mean, th th this show is going to portray this character in a 100 percent different light than we've ever seen him before. Yes, we are going to get some of Boba Fett's character. Who is this clone? This scion of Jango Fett? Who is he really? What makes him tick? And it sounds like, yeah, you know, we're, we're still going to get, as Robert calls it, some barbarian mode action out of him. But it does sound and we, we got glimpses of it, glimpses of it in the teaser. We're going to get an actual character. 
we're going to get an actual person underneath that helmet that has feelings, desires, goals, you know, maybe a little sadness mixed in here and there about his dad's head rolling out of the helmet when he picked him up in the arena. And I'm excited for that. I mean, yeah, I, I want to I, I like seeing Boba Fett be a badass. But for someone who disrespected the character because it was my right to disrespect him because he was a piece of shit in the original trilogy, six minutes of screen time, four lines, he was a joke, Tamara called him a joke, it's been settled. I was right all along, the rest of you were wrong, it's okay, I forgive you all. But now I want to I see the guy, like, like who is he? Let, let's, let's get this character. Um, yeah. So some of the other quotes that were kind of neat, I mean the, the obvious one here, on Jabba, there is a power vacuum because Jabba is gone. Jabba was clearly a very strong and imposing leader who people were very scared of and who seemed to rule with an iron fist. You pull somebody like that out of the ecosystem of Tatooine and Hut Space in general, and you have the opportunity that's ripe in the gangster genre. So, Nick, with that line, are we going to see some stuff out, off planet? Oh man, I, I space in general is does that is that mean we may get some other people coming in to fuck with Fett from other planets, or are we potentially going to leave Tatooine? I think we're gonna have to leave Tatooine at some point because if you're gonna run a criminal syndicate, I think that especially if you're gonna do it effectively, I think that you are going to have to, to, you know, reach beyond just the outer rim and you're going to have to move into like the, you know, the, the, the core worlds and, and other places that are not as lawless, especially, I mean, like, that's one thing we never really saw out of Jabba a lot. Jabba seemed like a very, you know, delegating type of person. Like he would just have somebody else do the stuff that, that, uh, he would do as a leader and he would just kind of slug out there on Tatooine. But it seems like Fett might be a little bit more uh, involved in the happenings that are outside of his palace on Tatooine now. So I, I do, I do hope we see him kind of planet hopping a little bit and trying to make some connections and and not just have this be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a syndicate runner, but my syndicate's only on Tatooine, or it only. So he's gonna. You're saying he's gonna be like like Rob Stark when he was trying to marshal up all the uh, men of the North, right? To, yeah. To help yeah. him in his cause. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I could see that. I I guess I read it more like he may have to defend himself against more than just the the, the Tatooine uh, scum and villainy. You know, yeah, people, no, that's a, people yeah. in that in that hut space. So, yeah, the outer rim, all those kind of, uh, you know, outer reach planets where even when the Empire was in control, they didn't really have that tight of control over the planets because they just they let the, the, the criminal syndicates, they let the huts kind of regulate that area of space. So, yeah, it seems like he's going to be dealing more with more threats than just the Athorian than the dogmen, and it, it could very well be an off-world threat that causes Boba to kind of team up with some of these people. We see him fight early on, and we've we've heard through leaks, you know, that he fights this other gang leader, but then they they ultimately have to band together against a greater threat. So it, it could very well be coming from off-world. And then and then finally, like I said, just back to the character line here, and this did, does come from Robert. We'll see a lot more of his true character in this season. 
Again, that gets me excited. Yeah, uh, I, I know Tem can pull it off, but I, I want to see the character doing it. I, I want to see Boba Fett. Is he going to give us more lines like he did in Episode 7 where he made us all laugh like, hey, yeah, I think they'll recognize my face. You know, that is there some humor built into Boba Fett? Yeah. Is he always just uh, business? Does he laugh? Right. We've never seen the guy really laugh, have we? Uh, so I am I am totally jacked that Robert, John, Dave, all the creative forces kind of took this approach to where they are going to develop the character more than just being a kick-ass bounty hunter in some sweet-looking armor that some people like and some people don't because the helmets are the wrong size or the paint's the wrong color. Either way, Boba's always looked rad. Now we are going to actually experience who he really is, and and that's exciting because... He is an unaltered version of Django Fett. We're, yeah. we're going to get to kind of see who that who the man really is. You know, uh, the guy that would would uh, do anything for a dollar back in the original trilogy era, who now is essentially providing many life debts to Din Djarin because he's like, "Hey, you help me out, I owe you one, pal." To me, that, 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 was a, that was a big difference in the character from who we saw in Empire and Jedi versus the, the badass in the, in the tunic and the blotchy armor in Episode 6 of The Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, and it sounds like we're going to get even more of that character in the Book of Boba Fett, and that has me uh, jazzed even more than seeing him go into barbarian mode. All right? Yeah, 100%. So in the end, I'm a softy. It's all about the character for me, Nick, not the action. Dig more into his personality. <laughs> you got like Robert yeah. here. I, I love this. We, we did get a couple new shots if you're on the live stream from Empire, and there's going to be a lot more in the magazine. That's why I'm saying I feel like I have to get it. Uh, but you get a better look at some of those uh, guards that we saw in the trailer in the maroon. I mean, they even, it looks like they, I don't know if those are Beskar breastplates, but, you know, they, they, they kind of got that Mando-esque chest plate going on. You get a better yeah. look at their weapon because, you know, you know, Robert seems like a fairly big dude. He's getting ready to whack someone. But look at the precautions on set. Like, if you're not acting, Nick, you've got, I mean, Robert's got double mask and a and face, face shield. shield. That, that's how you get shit done these days in Hollywood. And that's crazy. Uh, but you got to do what you got to do because of the idiots. So uh, there we go. <laughs> Book of Boba Fett. We're going to get more of his true character, which, like I said, that's, that's got me pumped. We, we know he can kick ass. We know he can take names. But what can he do in a leadership position? And I think that's going to just really portray the character in a light we probably never thought we'd ever see him portrayed in. Yeah. Okay. So, so for you... Um, you Kathleen Kennedy lovers out there. <laughs> she, she also, um, she also had a, a few quotes from empires kind of pumping up the book of Boba Fett issue. And, you know, a lot of people ran with her quote on that. The uh, Kenobi reunion resulted in emotions on sense. Like, well, again, no shit. Sherlock, but you, you mean to tell me two guys in their, you know, probably twenties and almost early thirties that spent almost what, six years together and then didn't talk, wouldn't have an emotional reaction reunion on sets. Like no dice, like no shit. Like, are you okay? Um, 
But really, the big thing she dropped, and it was very casual in an, in an interview about the streaming side of things at Lucasfilm. Um, she comes out here when asked about the, the, the sequel trilogy. She said, um, certainly those are not characters we're going to forget. They will live on. And those are conversations that are going on with the creative team as well. Yeah. I mean, so, I, that's, that's no surprise. And then I don't think that that should be a surprise to anybody here. Ultimately, those characters were created to carry on a legacy, whether it be Skywalker legacy or just Star Wars legacy in general. And you know, regardless of the the feelings about the films themselves or or anything like that, they've invested a lot of a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money into building the character archetypes and the stories behind them. So it would, yeah, I mean, it makes complete sense that these characters will be revisited. Um, I, I just, again. I think, I think one of the shocks, Nick, was the fact that the way I think the production went, at least for the cast. And then, you know, Tross coming out and, and really right after that, all the, the big three outside of Adam Driver, because he was just like, fuck you guys, I'm done. I'm not doing any interviews, nothing. I have a career. I'm moving on. I'm going to go play a night in the last duel. Uh, but but Daisy, John, Oscar, and th this could have all just been, hey, we want more money. But they're all like, yeah, we're, f fuck that shit. We're never <laughs> we have no plans to come back and revisit these characters at any time in our careers. Um, but I know there's a report a few months ago that Kathy and Daisy were having lunch. Uh, Boyega is quoted saying, Hey, I would come back if, if I think he said, if JJ and Kathy and, and the cast were involved. He also um, mentioned that he was like into the Disney plus idea of things. Cause that was yes, right when Mandalorian yeah, very, was popping off. Yep. You're right. Yeah. He, he, he pretty much said I would come back only if it was Disney plus, I think is what he said. Yeah. I mean, uh, you can, you can go back and like you can look at cast like the cast not so subtly said that they did not enjoy the environment on TLJ and that even though the you know the movie might not have been good that they enjoyed making Tross more from right. what I could tell like no you're right you know. you're right I don't know if it was Ryan rubbing them the wrong way because apparently he rubs a lot of people the wrong way but yeah I mean that that was no secret that. Uh, I think Boyega in particular was yeah. probably the most upset about TLJ and just how Finn was handled and kind of put into a corner and told to go away. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they've all hinted. And, and in the end, hey, money fucking talks. I mean, Oscar Isaacs used to talk a big game about, I'm not doing shit like this or that or Marvel. And look at him now. I mean, he's he's in Moon Knight. I mean, he'll, he'll take a payday. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll take fucking paydays. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, realistically. <laughs> so what do you want then, Nick? If, if we do return to the sequel trilogy, do we want episode 10 that just picks up and obviously it moves beyond all the Skywalker shit and could get into Ray uh, maybe actually showing us what all of us wanted to see with Luke actually trying to restart the Jedi Order and training them and Finn's involved and, you know, Poe's out there generaling it up. Maybe he's running the New Republic at that point in time and they're just going around and kind of squashing some uh, First Order remnants. Or like, would you want it to go to Disney Plus? 
here's the thing for me. And this was like you put up a question or you may have put up like one of the articles that came out when I was in Disney. I actually commented on on Instagram and it was the one like about something like the movie, one of the movies issues or something like that. This movie's being delayed, blah, blah, blah. And everybody is on it complaining like, oh, they're delaying movies again and blah, blah, blah. I can't believe this. Here's the reality of the fact for Star Wars in the last 20 years. Every movie that's come out has been shit on, whether it be the prequels, <laughs> the sequels, the standalones. The only one that has been largely immune to the fan base being complete and utter shitheads is Rogue One. That was pretty much the only one. There are people that complain about TFA. It's too derivative of the first one. There's too many similar elements, blah, blah, all this shit. It, but, but people still complain that, you know, when a movie gets delayed or, or something like that, they still complain like, oh, look at this, these movies, blah, blah, blah. I'm all upset because this movie's not coming out. It, in reality, what's going to happen is any movie that comes out, no matter how good it is, people are still going to fucking bitch about it. So for me... I would rather take the long form TV approach that we're seeing huge franchises do now. And that's being favored by new franchises and just take that into Disney plus, whether it be in, in live action form or animated form, because it gives long, like long form TV gives you more opportunity for character development, for plot development, for intertwining plot stories to, to, to happen and all this other shit like we're seeing with the Mandoverse. And the biggest complaint about the movies is, well, you didn't develop the characters enough or the movie wasn't long enough so the story didn't make sense or these, sto like these, these storylines didn't make any sense together. All, Nick, in it sounds like TV, you listen to the Star Wars time show away. too much. You've been yeah. listening to the Star Wars time show. It sounds like that loud guy on the Star Wars time show, all his complaints and bitches. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just... last week. I mean, I, I am someone that would really like the Star Wars film wing to get back and going again. Like, I, I like getting excited for a Star Wars movie. I like going to the movies. I like the hype leading up to it. And, it, and yeah, there's hype and all that behind these streaming series, but it's not the same as knowing, like, oh, we're getting another episode number something yeah there's just there's just a different aura around a a star wars episode roman numeral versus these so far excellent streaming shows yeah. so yeah I, I was bitching about the the delays and creative differences and you know why do, why do you go out and throw a celebration for rogue squadron and then a year later it just fucking disappears it's like what are what are you doing people like at it's least get like, your ducks in a row before you shoot your wad just like for me, I I don't like movies versus like these long form premium TV series anymore. They there's no different. Like there's like I would like if they were to make a Wheel of Time movie versus a Wheel of Time TV show, I'd be like, yeah. I mean, I would be super excited for either of them. But like, here's what's gonna happen when the move when the movie comes out. We're gonna get hyped. We're gonna go see it. Then we're going to come back and we're going to have to talk for two and a half months about how the fan base hated it. And <laughs> blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. And it's not happened yet with the, with blah, the streaming blah, series. Blah, like, blah, I just blah, don't, blah. 
My my big thing is I don't give a fuck about what people think about anything, and I hate having to talk you. about it. I like <laughs> I hate having to talk about how other people feel about stuff, and that's yeah. all that happens with the movies well, now. Welcome to the 21st century and the rise of social media. Everyone's a fucking critic. Everyone needs their opinion heard, buddy. Welcome to the fall of humanity. Yeah. Okay. So for, for me, I would love to see And like, look, if they can't work it out with the original actors, then bring, then make it animated and do the same thing that they did with the fucking Clone Wars. You don't have any of the original tri- or prequel trilogy actors in that. Ewan's not in it. Fucking Hayden's not in it. Uh, Ian's not in it. None of them are in it. But that series, but the Clone Wars was fantastic because it had the ability to take those characters and build those storylines and build those character arcs and everything, even without the original <laughs> cast. Like these, like uh, just, I think Anthony Daniels was probably in the Clone Wars. That guy's in everything Anthony, to, to make a buck Daniels. off the voice. Anthony but Daniels. no, you, you are right. You are right. So I don't know. Like I said, I. I'm not opposed to it at all. I, I mean, I'm, again, I am a Star Wars Kool-Aid drinker, all right? It doesn't mean I'm not going to have negative opinions after I consume something. But I could sit there all day long with my mouth wide open with Star Wars flowing into it. So if they want to do some sequel trilogy shit, I, good. I mean, I gave my, my daughter the fucking name of Ray as her middle name. I, I yeah. was invested into the shit, into that character in particular. So if we're going to get some more Ray, some more Daisy on screen and John and, and, and their hijinks and an Oscar, then have at it. I, I don't care how it's delivered. Nick is right. You would get way more content and more focus in a streaming series because there you can you can take... They did it with Kenobi. I mean, Kenobi was going to be a two-hour movie. Now it's going to be around, what, a, a four- to five-hour series. So, I mean, you're getting almost triple the content, triple the narrative being told. So you, you can kind of have an episode that maybe just focuses on the way uh, Finn's farts smells after yeah, he I eats mean, dude, one of those turkeys on Life Day. I mean, think about it this way, like, the the first two seasons of the Mandalorian that we've gotten so far, far are far longer and than the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy combined. Like you can put yeah, all they those were together, like, you get twelve hours or so. Like, yeah, they roughly. weren't like all the episodes weren't an hour apiece. But yeah, I think if you average them out after over eight episodes, you probably were getting close to six hours of content. I think. Yeah. So I mean, and and. That's still a living narrative that's still happening. Like, I, I don't know. I just feel like movies now have changed, especially the way, like, when you compare it to the way that they used to be made for the prequel and the original trilogy timeline. Like, that was a very, like, having sequelized movies like that come out was, like, a very, very common thing, especially in the er- like late 90s, early 2000s. And... Now we're just past that. Like, what's the last, like, direct sequel films that we've seen? Like, John Wick? And Venom. Like, like, yeah, like I mean, the Ven- most recent. Yeah, like, Venom is close. And then, like, but mo- more what you see now is, like, you'll see, like, MCU-style stuff. Like, DC. Yeah, shared universes. Like, yeah, like, shared universe-style stuff. So, like, no direct, like, trilogies happen like that anymore. And it's because it's hard to tell a like a 
a, a story like that now. Like it, yeah. it's creative a, it's, differences. That, yeah, that's it's, the blanket excuse these days, just creative differences. It's easier when you have a TV series where you have direct control. And when you have people like John and Dave sitting down and saying like, hey, you can write, like we'll have writers work on each episode. We'll have different directors work on each episode. But hey, you guys are making what we're telling you to make. Right. And that's how the shit stays together. And that's why I'm totally fine with a live action continuation of the sequel trilogy where you see Ray, you know, trying to revive the force in the galaxy and you see Poe taking over the leadership of the, the new Republic or whatever they're going to call it now. And, you know, seeing all of these different storylines play out in a much more measured and long form fashion. Like that's just what I prefer. And, you know, well, give me a, give me a banger, give me a banger movie. What like a one-off film or something like that. Give me a fucking awesome movie about, uh, you know, the, the acolyte, the, the high Republic days, then give me a fucking awesome movie about the old Republic. And then, you know, give me a fucking cool Yoda based movie. Like keep it like that to where like you, you have like awesome tales that you're telling in, in films, but you're not like so slavish to everything has to be a sequel and this has to follow this and all these stories have to blah, blah, blah. Like it's just, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if they can do that anymore. That's a good point. I mean, um, Homeboy's still trying to get Avatar 2 up and running, and, and we're talking, what, we're 11, 12 years after the first one? <laughs> yeah, and not. he's the only motherfucker working on that, too. <laughs> like, is James Cameron having creative differences with himself? Like, what's taking yeah, so long? Right, I know, it's crazy that he can't get those things done, but, I mean, apparently they, they have shot some footage, because that was supposed to be the... The interchange, like the the handoff, every other year you're going to get Star Wars and then an Avatar, Star Wars and an Avatar, Star Wars and an Avatar. That's what the 2020s were supposed to be. Uh, but then we, this creative differences villain showed up and now everything's fucked again and going back to streaming. Uh, which, like Nick said, is completely fine. You know, I'm I'm still a fan of the cinema, even with the death out there. Uh, so hopefully Nick doesn't completely tank my AMC stock with his boycott of all things Star Wars movie based uh, screenings, but he he's not wrong. He's not wrong. There's nothing I can really argue with here. It, I just said it at the beginning of this topic. I am a Star Wars Kool Aid drinker. All right, <laughs> like self proclaimed. Star Wars is life. It can do no wrong until I actually witness something, and then I'll bitch about it. But uh, up until I see something and can actually critique it with my own eyes and brain, I'm, I'm here for it. Mouth wide open, do what you got to do. Every orifice is ready for Star Wars on this body. Okay? <laughs> and I'll, I'll leave that up to the imagination on what orifices I'm talking about. Uh, so, yeah, it sounds like the Star Wars Time Show, we are, we're down with the sequel trilogy. Uh, getting revived and uh, it doesn't really matter in which format but the preferred would be streaming because of the more attention to detail and uh, character development that you can put in in the streaming series Uh, the other thing and again it wasn't so much that oh hey uh, yeah hey McGregor and Christensen they had an emotional reunion it was really it was really crazy but I'm going to read this Nick and there's a little nugget in here that we might be able to to spin okay 
Yeah. So here's Kathy on seeing Mr. Hello there in I hate you on set again for the first time. And shit, it would have been what? Almost year, not tw- uh, six, not 20 16 years. 16. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause they would have when it released. Right. And, and they usually back then making a prequel took three full years. So the shoot probably took six months to eight months. And then all the rest was to get the fucking CG done. So yeah, the last time they saw each other might have been uh, yeah they probably saw each other at the premiere. You're right, premiere so 2005. But in terms of working together, it might have been like 2003. Yeah. Uh, in terms of actually working the characters. All right, so here here's what she says. Um, no, fuck it, it's not even in the quote. It was it was kind of a setup, but. She says, okay, so uh, the, the writer, the interviewer kind of sums things up and says, Lucasfilm boss Kathleen Kennedy opened up about the emotional reunion of McGregor and Christensen on set as they slipped back into those iconic flowing robes. Yeah. What say you? Is that a giveaway that we're going to see him as Anakin? Because... I, I was- would, yeah, would you, would you ever would game. you ever describe Vader as having iconic flowing robes? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, I was always of the mind that that there would be Anakin scenes, whether it be rehashes of potentially things that we had seen in Clone Wars, or even like new memories that we've never seen right. these two go right. through before. But I was always in the camp that Hayden was going to play Anakin even if it was just for a dream sequence for Obi or something like like a like a force vision or something like that um so yeah I do take that as like he is going to play Anakin Skywalker at some point yeah I, uh, I, I know you and I we we've been speculating that since day one we have had pretty legit leaks come in you know descriptions are like oh we don't know we've only seen Hayden as Vader which okay you know they were billing it as you know, it's it's going to be the rematch of the of the century, but I'm pretty sure right here that 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 is confirmation. If she saw them on set slipping back into their iconic flowing robes, it just sounds like master and former apprentice versus adversaries. Um, here's the full quote, though. I mean, it is kind of like. Uh, I don't know. I guess I, I experience a little bit of nostalgia for them. And I also wish I was them when you read something <laughs> like this. So she says, the thing that was most exciting was being on the set and watching the two of them get excited. They hadn't seen one another in a long time. I was surprised at just how incredibly emotional it was for each of them to find themselves back in these roles and just realizing how important Star Wars was to each of them. It was the beginning of their careers and the end of Hayden's. <laughs> okay so. i mean she, she didn't ar- say that last part but yeah. you know she she's kind of right i mean the you, beginning of you because you had done some he had train spotting in before that i think that was probably his his biggest yeah like most yeah. known uh but yeah i mean if you sit there and think about it you're like fuck man how cool would it be to be those dudes right yeah man it's got to be on set emotion. almost 20 years later, returning to one of the biggest motherfucking franchises of all time to two of the biggest pop culture characters in any genre. And they've, they've, they've gotten to do this now for like Nick said over 20 years. I mean, you and uh, well over 20 years of his life, 
Hayden getting close to it, right? Because Ewan was in the prequel, so he he started as Obi Wan in the in the late nineties. Yeah, he exactly. was filming shit in the in the mid to late nineties, where Hayden probably wasn't brought on until about two thousand uh, to start filming Attack of the Clones. So it's like, man, I know Hayden kind of got a raw deal and probably didn't have the career he expected for himself, but still, the fact that all these years later he can go back and and cash in on this both as a human for your emotional reserves and, and memory reserves, but also just to make some coin. It's, it's not a bad yeah. deal. <laughs> not a yeah, bad you, deal. You know that those Disney checks always, always clear. So that that's, and that's yeah, what I, Oscar Isaac said too. He's like, I'll come back if I need another house, you know? <laughs> so. Cause they do. I mean, I just, I, I can only go off of, of stunt buddy and stunt buddy has only just been a double on like some TV shows that have gone into syndication and some movies. And you know, this, this would have been pre pandemic. He's like, dude, I get 150 plus 150,000 plus a year in residual checks for being on like NCIS LA. Like, come on. What, what are, what are, what do star Wars do, is that in their contracts, Nick? Do you think Disney and Lucasfilm, they, they kind of know this and they put like, hey, you can either just take a lump like 20, 30 million now or you can go for the residual deal because you would think if they're getting residuals, each of them, and Hayden in particular because really he's only getting residuals from, from Star Wars and maybe Jumper, uh, but you would think they're probably still getting close to six figures a year just from their Star Wars work all the years yeah, ago yeah. if the, if their pay worked out that way. And I don't even know, like, I don't know how contracts work with in Hollywood, but I don't even know if residuals have to be in your contract. I think it's just like it's part of the union. It's, it's just in, like the yeah, deal. It's right. in SAG-AFTRA, whatever yeah. it's called, right? that you will... Essentially, no. You know what you, they you'll do because you, you're you're entitled to it based off of what your role is. No, no, like, you're right. Because uh, Hamill, I believe, just put a tweet out. He's like, oh, you know, I just got my check. I love seeing it on TNT every time. <laughs> He's like, so if Hamill's still getting residuals, then then yeah, it's it's a real thing. And I I know over time it kind of depre- uh, depreciates in terms of what you would get for past work. Uh, but I do believe you get it for life, and it, it yeah. depends on. I, I know that some of the most lucrative residuals come from TVs that go into syndication. Syndication, yes, yeah, I, like 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 a Seinfeld or the NCISs. If, if you if you can get, I've always heard like if an actor is on a show and it gets to syndication, they essentially throw a huge celebration because they know it's going to be a a recurring payday for many years to come. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that like the, the, the aim for any series is like get to a hundred episodes. And usually if you can get to a hundred episodes, that means that the show was probably good enough during its run to be picked up for syndication. Yep. Uh, after, after it closes out. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, they're, they're definitely still raking in star Wars checks just from that. Now they're going to get doubly. So from the, uh, from the Kenobi money. Uh, there, well, there, there's a lot of happiness to be had on that fucking set. I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no shit. They're having an emotional reunion when they're they're like cha-ching, yeah. cha-ching. Hayden's like, finally, I can fucking go out to eat again. You know, it's like, <laughs> Ooh, like yeah, quit going to all the farmers markets where these you know photogs keep taking pictures of me and telling people I work out again. 
right? Like, oh, look at Hayden. It looks like he's pumping up. He's getting all pumped up to play Lord Vader. It's like, okay, he's going to be in a fucking costume, people. Like, do, do you really think the people outside of the rock that wear their superhero costumes look like that? No. <laughs> no. I'll tell you what, though, fucking Kumal does. Like, Jesus, if you go and watch Eternals and you see, like, he ain't wearing a muscle. Like, that dude got fucking jacked. Like, his arms are huge in Eternals. Huge. Yeah. And, and Kamal saw, was, you know, he never worked out in his life. It's like, Jesus, man, that what they can do in Hollywood with a focused uh, diet and regimen is ridiculous. And, and HGH. He said it, yeah, he said it ruined his life and he hates it. And now he's got like disorders like I do where you, you, you can't let yourself live a life or, you know, eat a piece of pizza on a Tuesday because you think you'll die. But yeah. hey, he fucking got he got jacked and diced. Impressive stuff. <laughs> Dude, he looked you could tell that was like one of the most drastic changes ever. Cause exactly. it's like as yeah. soon as he got a cast for that, like you could see him just like getting bigger. Like he was, it was like yeah. a balloon that they kept he, he pumping didn't need up. a fucking muscle suit. But there are there's some like ridiculous muscle suits. Like, no, people. That that's they they add in the tits and the abs. Like it, usually you've got a a probably malnutritioned actor in there that doesn't have any muscle definition. Yeah. The only dude where they did not have to make a muscle suit is for, is The Rock as uh, Black, Adam. Black Adam. Like, it, it's, come on, he already looks silly big yeah. <laughs> with, with no shirt on, so, uh, oh well. Yeah, I mean, we're all the, the live stream, they're super excited for Kenobi, we're super excited for Kenobi. Uh, it would have been nice if Lucasfilm and Disney actually gave us something besides a year-old one minute long stupid sizzle reel where they essentially you and and Deborah said we're excited for Kenobi just like we've been saying but uh, I still have faith that it's going to be dropping probably the spring show of 2022 like the May the 4th special type of drop like they did for Bad Batch last year Um, we can only hope Uh, because really Nick Book of Boba the way it's dropping end of December it should wrap probably end of February ish. And, you know, maybe you take a, a month off and they, they have to start kicking off some of the 22, uh, 2022 schedule, which bad batch Andor, Kenobi. And, you know, we know Mando S3 isn't going to be until fall of 2022, but I think bad batch Andor and Kenobi would all be viable to air after Book of Boba. I'm I'm yeah. I'm leaning towards maybe Bad Batch cuz last week I did a story on how Andor was reported at an investor call was going to release Q4 Disney's Q4 which is uh July to September. So I'm thinking here's I did this last week but now you're here we'll get your thoughts. So I'm thinking Book of Boba that leads into Bad Batch season 2, that leads into Kenobi for the May the 4th spring deal, that leads into Andor, Andor leads into Mando. That sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, that's very possible. <laughs> Unless creative all, like, differences pop up and then they're all fucked. But at this point, like what fucking creative differences <laughs> could pop up for these shows? These yeah, motherfuckers are already fi- almost finished filming. So hopefully nothing else pops up. But uh, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense given all of the proximity to the, like how close they film together. So yeah, that would be fucking ideal. Honestly, yeah. if they, if they could have a schedule like that that would be ideal yeah. look nick poor nick's face is melting right now the way the sun is coming the in he's is like all right 
So we, we got to get the show moving here or his retina, retinas are going to completely dissolve. At least the, the, the look on my face looks it, really red. <laughs> yeah, that, that can't be comfortable. It's, you know, you're, you have like that Jesus backlight on you right, right now. It's like, the, oh, me asc- ascending. All hail Nick. <laughs> he is the Christ and he is risen. Amen. As you can tell, Nick and I went to Catholic school. Yeah. Or at least attended Catholic churches a few times. Dude. I really think all these years I've not been to Catholic church, I could slip right back into the like the the cult type worship. It's, it, it, it's literally just like engraved. And also in your with you. Are. <laughs> dude, it, it's you don't forget uh, shit like that. That's no, not dude. When you're a little like kid. Like I, you actually went to Catholic ass school, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, my mom did that for kindergarten. And then I guess nuns were like, yeah, we're going to beat him when he gets here. And she's like, okay, well we'll go to public school. But I, she still made me go Saturday fucking mornings during cartoons, during peewee, all that shit. I had to go to CCD and get indoctrinated. And and all I would do, like, this is how big of a scumbag I was. So I'm I'm at a Catholic school on a Saturday morning trying to learn about Jesus and God and all that shit. I'm in there in the the cat, like Nick, essentially. I'm in his desk, ripping up his books and spraying glue all in it. Like, that's what I got out of CCD. That's what I did. (laughs) I was a fucking scumbag. Like, and then they'd be like, oh, yeah, we're all going to hell if you do bad stuff. But... If you're Catholic, all you got to do is ask forgiveness, and then you're not going to hell. So I'd be like, oh, sweet. I'll just go down the, to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go down. What, what was it called when you, when you had to tell uh, the priest that you're a confession. shithead? Yeah, I'd be like, all right. After I just ripped up this kid's homework and sprayed glue all in his desk that he's going to find on Monday morning, I'll just go down and talk to Father Ed and be like, hey, man, I've just been kind of bad and swore a lot and and vandalized. You're like, all right, Matthew, you know, give me a couple Hail Marys and an Our Father, and you're good to go. I'd be like, sweet. Next week, I'm going to break all this kid's pencils. Like, that's basically (laughs) what I did at CCD. Yay for me. Yes, I am a confirmed Catholic and and went to Mass all the way up through high school, and then I kind of had my eyes awoken through uh, something. All right. Yeah. All right. Good times. Uh, before we move on, Nick, we got a word from our friends. That's right, Manscaped time. Everyone loves it. Let's get those virtual nuts on the screen as I get up the script today. Yes, I'm letting you in. I do read a little bit of a script. All right. So, again, our friends at Manscaped, we love them. Support them. Don't forget SWTS at checkout. Okay, so brace yourselves. Winter is coming. What the writers of Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not good, Bran. Not good. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you, that's right, listeners of the Star Wars Time Show can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use our code SWTS at manscaped.com. All right, well, Nick was gone. I actually had to do a little landscaping myself down there, so I broke out my lawnmower 4.0. Did some nice little edge trimming. And you know, Nick, sometimes I've questioned why there is a light on the lawnmower 4.0. You know, it's got that uh, amazing ceramic blade. And what do you need a light for? But you know what? You actually kind of do when you're getting down there in the 
kind of the where where you can grow bat wings. You know, if you're a guy, you know what bat wings are when when your sack kind of sticks to your leg. Sometimes you got to get down there and peel that stuff around. And yeah, it it is a little dark down there, even with the lights on. So uh, my lawnmower 4.0 did not lead me astray this past week when I had to clean up the family jewels. And all right, so like me. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. And we are talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 4.0 or the Performance Package 4.0. And again, in this hygiene bundle, you get that lawnmower 4.0. You get the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. You get those kick-ass boxers. You get the travel kit. And my personal favorite these days, the liquid formulations. That's right. The crop preserver, that's deodorant for your balls, and it does work wonders. And the crop reviver, which is ball toner, you know. Like Nick was saying, after walking the streets of Batu, he could have went back to the hotel and grabbed himself his crop reviver and a little down there, and he would have been smelling fresh. So don't forget, the performance package does include these formulations, all right? Ball deodorant and ball toner, two things that no men should leave home without, all right? So um, like Nick said, if you have smelly feet, Manscaped can also help you with their foot duster, the foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. And my man was honest uh, earlier today and said, listen, I forgot my foot duster and my family and friends paid dearly for it. Okay. They did. So so listen to the man right here. And don't forget, you can see on the set now, Manscaped also is getting into the body wash and shampoo and conditioner game. And they're both excellent. I use them even though I don't have that much hair. I'm still using it because I like my balls to smell as fresh as possible. Okay, my friends, so don't forget, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com because during the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls, so you might as well make them beautiful. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SWTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just don't forget to use the code SWTS. It's time to join the Manscaped movement. The products or snow joke. All right. And like I said earlier, and this is all right, but Manscaped's going 25% off for uh, Black Friday. So that's not with our code. We encourage you to take advantage of that sale too, as, as uh, you know, we are partners with Manscaped. So we like to see them do well, just like they like to see us do well. And you can make us do well by supporting us using our code at manscaped.com. Okay. All right. All right, Nick, move us on. We got a little video game topic and then, uh, 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 I guess, a collectibles, and then we'll move into the fan segment. But what's happening in Star Wars video game land these days? It's more about what's not happening in Star Wars video game <laughs> land these well, days. Par for the course with EA at the helm, buddy. <laughs> yes, and that is going to be Battlefront, Battlefront 3. So, yes, uh, apparently Battlefront 3 was pitched by DICE to EA and EA turned it down. Um, and that's actually kind of surprising. So um, basically this is being, so this was being reported by Tom Henderson who works for a lot of different video game reporting outlets and such. But the reason it was turned down is because now that the era of EA exclusivity has ended, it takes 20% more sales of a particular game to make the same amount of money. 
Um, so that gives you a little bit of insight into like what the benefits of exclusivity were. So clearly you could be, you know, could sell less games, but still be profitable, which is no longer the case in the era of non-exclusivity for EA. Um, and, and that was the contributing factor to essentially turn down whatever dice pitched for battlefront three. So battlefront three is not going to happen now. And but probably there, there's good the news coming out of this though. Right, Nick? Like there, I, there is, I actually was happy to read this article. Yes. So there is some good news. So, so here's the good news. So dice is not making battlefront three, but there are two other, uh, titles in development under EA that are single player story driven games. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like, yay. Yes. Good. I, I'm all, I'm all about this pitch getting rejected. All right. I know there's some hardcore uh, battlefield or battlefront fans out there. I mean, what more can you do with it? it it's just you, you, you reskin a generic model in the Frostbite engine with Star Wars characters, and then you run around like a chicken with your head cut off, get killed by more skilled players. It's like, okay, I, I'm not shitting on the franchise. I've been a Battlefront fan since day one. I still believe the early Battlefronts are 10 times better than even what we eventually got in Battlefront 2, the new yeah. Battlefront 2. Uh, but it's like... Unless you're a diehard multiplayer and you got a bunch of friends, that's that's all they play, which I do not. I have almost no friends at this point in my life, and that's okay. I, I just, I don't care. Like, that's not an experience I want to have anymore in video games, be it Star Wars or really any game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if I'm, if I'm doing anything multiplayer co-op based, it's, it's probably going to be in a game where I'm just with a friend and we're playing through it. Like, my... Two of the most recent would be Ghost of uh, Tsushima and that excellent multiplayer. And then Outsiders, which I ran through the campaign and some of the multi with my boy Perfected Chaos. Like that, that's what I'm looking for these days in terms of like a social experience gaming. Otherwise, I do. I want, I want to be immersed in story-driven single-player experiences that hopefully don't require me to even play the damn game. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I am also happy that this, you know, was turned down because Battlefront, it, it, it's weird, too, because the first thing I said when EA got exclusivity, I was like, oh, yes, DICE is going to be able to make Battlefront. It's going to be the best thing ever. This is all that I've ever wanted from another Battlefront game. And then I played it and I was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't what I wanted. Like, maybe no. my ideas of just like skinning Battlefield to Battlefront you know, seemed didn't cool work, in the man. moment, but it, it really didn't. It didn't have that same feeling as the other no. games did. And and in reality, like, I mean, just look at what we've gotten from EA in the era of exclusivity, dude. We've literally gotten three AAA games. That's it. Three. And we're and talking two of about, them were Battlefronts, right? And two of them were Battlefront <laughs> games. And the other one was Jedi Fallen Order. And that is all that we've got in seven yeah. plus years of exclusivity from EA. That's disgusting. Like that, that, that I don't understand how that happens. You've had more canceled games than you've had games that have been released. So I, like, I think Nick EA also suffered from the creative differences bug that is, <laughs> it has infected Lucasfilm <laughs> clearly, but I mean, Look, I'm happy that they have two story-driven games that are on the docket. I don't know if one of those is the Jedi Fallen Order sequel that's I know, happening, because that, that, that's like the big 
that's the big kick in the dick, right? Is one yeah. of these two just Cal Kestis take two milk yeah. toast and boy? We'll see what happens from there. But this, like, the reason that this is happening is so hopefully other studios can come in, pitch new ideas, pitch exciting ideas, and then they will be able to make these games outside of the EA umbrella. But honestly, when I read this, I was happy. I was like, good, man. Like, they're yeah. not wasting any more resources on another reskin or another rehash or something that's going to be unfulfilling. You know, you'll play it for, for a, a few hours and have fun, but then it's the same repetitive bullshit over and over again. Like, I like we need an injection of story-driven games into the Star Wars landscape, and hopefully this is the signal that that's happening. Uh, I mean, dude, look, look at how we... Other. Look how fondly, uh, you know, us and other people that played it back in the day, look how we, we still wax poetic about uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. That, that's, that should show you right there. Like, if you, if you slay a Star Wars single-player game, it will live on like the movies. Fans will cherish it. It becomes almost a part of their, their soul, their family. They'll, they'll play it over and over again 55,000 times on 6,000 different devices like Nick has done. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, there's a, a, a market out there. Like, if you, if you nail a, an excellent single-player Star Wars game, the fans will flock to it, they'll honor it, they'll prop it up, and, and they'll pass it on for generations to come. I mean, there's a, we're at the point now where I bet there are gamers introducing KOTOR to their own kids yeah right and and you know that's the, the type of stuff we've missed out on since the early aughts there there has not been a i've got to show my kid this when they're a right age star wars game since kotor really hasn't no, there, there really I hasn't mean, i mean there's fallen been... order for i know there, i know there's a lot of fallen order fans but if you really like break it down that, that game sucked the story sucked cal sucked who gives a shit it was just, it was dumb. And then you throw in that dark, that Soulsborn ridiculous sledgehammer action gameplay when he's holding a fucking lightsaber. We need to get Nick Lard back on so he can just talk shit. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you're just a pussy, learn how to play it. No. What did Nick say about the sequel trilogy? He said, hey man, Adam's a great guy, but he fucking holds the thing wrong. He's yeah. lugging it around like it's a broadsword. It's a fucking lightsaber. Yeah. All right? Stop light it. Light as can be. Stop it. Like, oh, I'm cow. Ooh, I got to make a big swing with my one pound weighing lightsaber hilt. Screw you, cow. <laughs> I like you, BD, though. I like the robot. Fuck cow. So, yeah. Sorry. That's the I news. We, we're getting to story driven <laughs> single player games. One may be a Jedi Fallen Order sequel, but oh, that no. means there's still one in there. That's right. not Jedi Fallen Order. And you then you, you missed last one. week, um, Quantic Dreams. Apparently their game's called Star Wars Eclipse, and it's going to be set in the High Republic. So that, that's, that has that's potential, awesome. too. Uh, I mean, we don't know anything about the High Republic, but we didn't know anything about the Old Republic. And again, replay what I just said about a minute ago. Yeah. Boom. There you go. So that's the video game news. It's no news, but it's good news, I guess. So there you go. Um, no Battlefront 3. Sorry for those of you out there who have been big fans of the series, but guess what? Battlefront 2 is going to look awesome for a long time, so you can keep playing that one. And then maybe 
we'll get some sweet ass single player story driven stuff in the near uh yeah yeah we'll see i i, I still i mean at least ea said they have no star wars game announcements until 2022 i guess that doesn't completely close out if these other studios have secretly been working on stuff as the EA license expires. Uh, but the, there have been rumblings out there, Nick, that during the Game Awards, uh, Quantic may, may tease Eclipse if, if it is a real project, which, I mean, there, there's been too much reporting on it for not to be real. But who knows? Maybe we'll get something at the Game Awards. All right. Um Talking about getting something, and and we don't. I usually don't cover this type of stuff during our collectible segment. There really wasn't much to talk about in the collectible segment. I, I know some of you probably wanted me to get on here and rip out the rest of my uh, remaining hairs in my head over the Rancor Haslab project. It's like I don't. Who cares? That thing never interested me from the get go. So I, I wasn't invested in it. I didn't even back it from the beginning. Uh, you know, yeah, the tears are kind of crappy, but I don't really understand the outrage here. Uh, it's a Kickstarter. Like if you don't like it, don't invest in it. Okay. It's not going to hurt you to, to not give out the money. It's okay. Uh, it just, it seemed like people were getting really fucking angry over a, a Kickstarter Rancor toy last week. And really taking it to Hasbro. And listen, I'm I, Hasbro has its issues this year with all the the dumbass repaints and repackages and store exclusives. And you know, if you're on their own site, you can hardly get products in time and delays. But I wouldn't get all pissed at creatives and artists that thought they had something cool and you know maybe it wasn't marketed the the the, the appropriate way. And oh well, who cares? It's gonna fail. Hasbro will probably learn from it, but it's really nothing to raise your blood pressure over coming from the guy that has sit here and screamed at you about fake characters from this sci-fi universe. So I'm definitely being a do as I say, not as a do type of guy right now, but come on, it's a fucking plastic toy that isn't even a toy yet. It's just, it was, it was people backing it to see if it was going to be made. So in the end, Hasbro is not really going to lose any money at all. Like people are like, oh, you're going to eat, eat this one. It's like, no, they're just going to return all that money to, to the backers and it's going to fail and maybe they'll try again. So, um, but I do want to talk about this stuff here. This, this Boba Fett collection, Nick, I don't know, like if you're this much of a fan to where you'd sport something like this, but if you're on the live stream, there's some slick looking shit in this Columbia collection that, that is styled off of Boba Fett. You've got a, an interchangeable jacket. You've got a hoodie, a tee, and a hat, all right? And I'll tell you right now, the, the prices are absolutely insane. Yeah. The jacket is $450, I believe. Uh, the hoodie is a cool $120. <laughs> My favorite, the hat at $40. Bucks. And the t-shirt <laughs> at $50. For $50. A t-shirt for 50 <laughs> ass dollars. That's okay? wild. And look, Columbia's always been expensive. Like I just bought like a, a winter coat for from Columbia, but I bought it like on clearance and it was still a hundred bucks. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. And then you add in the brand. It's like, look, like you said, this shit looks cool. Like it does. I don't, I would never wear the hat because I hate that design on the hat. 
like the way that the yeah like oh dude I I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna sh- grab a hoodie if they don't sell out i'm getting the, that the hoodies hoodie. the hoodies look like the closest thing that that i would be able to buy it's, it's the, like it's like you're wearing a fucking sleeping bag on your head you know yeah it looks, it looks goof it looks gaudy enough that i kind of like it yeah but the thing is is like i don't wear hoodies all that often because i live in the south and like yeah it's that, fucking that hot yeah. <laughs> it's hot so yeah, we, really we ain't gonna it. sell anything from Columbia to Nick, but someone that lives yeah. in in the the shitty ass Midwest, uh, the this collection I, I fucked it up in the post. I said December twelfth. It's actually December third. They they go on sale via Columbia site, which you can grab off of the StarWarsTime.net post. But I don't know the the hoodie living up here just does something for me. So I think I'm gonna try for an extra small version of that, so it's nice and tight. <laughs> shows my 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 pudgy rolls and my short stature but that's mostly why i put it up here i don't know i just i like the collection it's definitely highly priced and yeah if you don't live in wintry conditions it's it's a hard pass the hat to me it's the stitching right the the, the yes. way it's stitched they almost make it look like a an empire an imperial, imperial officer's officer, hat yeah, right exactly um but even like then they just muck it up by putting a big ass Columbia logo on it. So yeah, uh, that, if, if that, that if that was a normal hat and that waterproof material and it was fitted, I'd snag that fucker. But it's just like I don't like the the stitching on the front and the the big ass Columbia logo kind of takes away from the whole Fed deal. Exactly. Yeah. Totally agree on the hat. We'll we'll be passing on that. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. Maybe like the jacket's a hard no for 450 and so is the t-shirt for 50. So yeah, I mean the thing that really falls kind of in like a like a middle ground would be the $120 hoodie. <laughs> so, but I yeah, do I like mean, seeing I, collaborations with big brands and stuff. Yeah, I, I might oh. might send that to the wife as like a, a Christmas hint hint, like a wink wink, see if you can grab one of these. And um SW Props in, in the live stream chat does have a point because they, they did Columbia did this before with the ESB crew jackets. They they did a remake of those jackets they wore uh, to film the Hoth scenes in Empire, and they have become like a collectible because these are limited run. Okay. Uh, so there is, I guess, there is potential in that, Nick. If you want to, you know, stock, you know, get, sell all your crypto and your your meme stocks and buy a bunch of Boba Fett Columbia jackets and hope they they go big on the right. black market. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, hey, do it. Oh well. I don't know. I, I, I think it looks cool. But yeah, the pricing is a little little extreme for that Star Wars license in the Columbia brand. So uh, there's your collectible news for this week. Sorry we didn't go more into the HasLab uh, Rancor, but you guys can yell at each other on the internet about that on oh, other dude, just, forums. Just go on Instagram. Yeah. Look look at our feed. All last week it was like, eat a dick, Hasbro. <laughs> Fuck yes. It's like they, it's like Hasbro went to these people's house and shit down their, their throats. Yeah, it's like, the, like that, that was their reaction. Like, like they held them down, pissed on them, then took a dump on their face. That, that was like, listen, you don't, it was, it was a, it was a fail. You don't have it was to a buy fail, it. but it's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing worth getting that upset about. Yeah. Leave that shit for me on the star Wars time show. Let me be the asshole that people leave comments about like the crazy loud guy. All right. <laughs> Do you want to be the crazy loud guy? Cause that's kind of what it was getting into. Uh, it's okay. Let it, let it fail out. Everyone will get their money back. It, it, it's okay. It'll, it'll be it's okay. truly okay. 
All right, buddy, it's time for the fan segment. Before we get into the two-pronged affair, uh, we, we like to leave a little directions here just in case uh, there are new listeners, which I doubt there are, but just in case we do have some new listeners, to get involved in the fan segment, you have two paths to success. The first is the question of the week, which gets posted on our Instagram account at Star Wars Time Show. So every Tuesday morning, the prompt will go out. I hit a home run this week. Yeah. I mean, anytime you throw in sequel stuff, it gets people commenting. We had we were like in the 50s uh, before we went live with the show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Tuesday mornings on Instagram, look for the question of the week. You can either respond via the story or just leave a comment on the post. And if Nick's feeling good, he may read your comment word for word during the fan segment. I may. The next avenue of of success in getting yourself on the star wars time show is through our top five star wars fan artist features of the week and this also is through instagram so every day if you're sharing something star wars related that you created any type of art form make sure to tag the account at star wars time show and use hashtag star wars time show after i you know bust my ass all week featuring accounts on the page nick will sit down monday night with his glass of brandy and select the top five for us to discuss on the fan segment all right buddy so let's go ahead and kick off uh, e189's fan segment with the question of the week question read do you want to see the sequel trilogy characters? If so, how? Films or streaming? First response here is from who is this one here? You're you're the the good guy at picking out uh, profile. Uh, this is uh this is our buddy Ripic Tan. Ripic Tan says, "I'd really I'd be really down to see Finn and Ray return." I've been enjoying the Star Wars streaming series a bit more than the films in the last few years, but I do miss the hype built up around upcoming Star Wars films. As to how, I'm not a strong speculator, but I think everyone seemed interested in the crop-dusting hints of Finn being Force-sensitive. The Jedi Outcast games with Kyle Katarn and Jan Ors were cool regarding them being spies and taking out Imperial Remnants. Rey and Finn and Poe could do something similar with leftovers from the first order along with building the jedi order back up killing stormtroopers and facing new threats of the dark side as long as kylo doesn't return somehow i think we're good on that but we also thought that with palpatine so you just truly never know anymore don't know but i think i think kylo might all right next up we got toy shoots he says good luck getting oscar and john back i know money solves everything but both really seemed like they were dissatisfied with how Disney did things. Adam Driver is a toss-up. Daisy should be easy to get. So actually, John was the one who was wants to come back, who's eager to come back and play Finn again. Oscar's the one that is kind of like, give me enough money and I'll do yeah. it. Um, yeah, he's like, I have a big ass dick. Yeah, he's like, I don't need to pay me. I think Daisy, again, like... I'm in, I'm in Dune, motherfucker. Yeah, like I, I do feel like Daisy um, would come back... You don't need Adam back unless you're doing like flashback type of stuff with Kylo, because obviously nah, that that's potential too. I would yeah. love to see that shit, but then you, you'd almost have to get Carrie and and uh, Harrison back, and one's dead and one wants to be dead. Yeah, so, so probably not. I don't yet. think that's gonna happen. Um, Pixel Rope says yes. In fact, I want more Finn, Rose, believe it or not, Janna, and Connix. More of the interesting secondary characters. 
uh, that were interesting but deserve more of a story. That's a deep cut. Conics, Conics was that's Leia's daughter in real yes, life. Yes, that, that is that, Billy that's... Lord. Um, I agree mm-hmm. with like the Jana Finn kind of complex because what was what they started there in uh, Tross between those two characters could be very interesting. Like these, all of these, essentially like first order conscriptor like yeah, conscriptees sh- that a shared history yeah, that kind of yeah. broke their conditioning. So I think that that would definitely be. Um, next up star, my star Wars guys says, yes, I enjoy the characters. I was not happy with the lack of planning and respect of story preparation for the sequels. I think maybe a Disney series would be a great way to continue the story and regain our trust of their stewardship of star Wars. And, um, so he's, he's a yes. One thing we have to remember here since the sequel trilogy and today, Dave Filoni has been elevated to chief creative officer. Gotcha. So that that bodes very well for the sequel returning in film or TV. Yeah, definitely. Uh, F-Stop Rebel next says, yes, I would love to see them streaming. I feel like streaming does a better job focusing on individual characters lately. Finn developing his understanding of the force would be high up there. Poe and Zori hanging with Babu. Would be oh, that's a freaking good call. wonderful. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I would also love some Maz backstory. I mean, yeah, Maz. I mean, th- we never got the story. She promised us the fucking story, and we never got never it. Never got it. So hopefully, yeah. I mean, like again, another fan of the streaming. But then on the other side, Castle Run Custom says no. I think we've seen all we need to see, all we need of the sequel characters. What we need more of is the Favreau Filoni Star Wars we've been getting. No reason to go back to the sequel since they decided to kill everything that is Star Wars. Woo, that's a dark take. That's a a weird take there. So so Kessel Run Customs just wants to keep it in the Skywalker timeline, it seems like. He wants to to just play in in this Mandalorian sandbox for as long as we can. Um, But those are the, the responses for the week. I will say that, like, while, while scrolling, it seemed like there was an overwhelming majority of people who said yes to bringing back the... Which I did not expect. I mean, even I, th- I read a comment from Kiko Collects. He's like, oh, these comments are going to be enlightening. Yeah, or and honestly, like, like it, it stayed pretty civil. Like, there, like I said, there were a majority of people who said yes. There were some sprinklings of no's, but it didn't ever get combative uh from at least so far <laughs> so we well dude i think at this point in time we've been on enough that most people that we've pissed off have just either blocked us or left so that's probably why we were getting a lot of the positive stuff yeah. but I, I i could only assume like if, if papa palpatine still like this he'd be on there like fuck you i hope i hope kathy dies and daisy dies and they're all pieces of shit and go ot yeah but like I said, I, I, I've I've scared most of them away with my strong opinions, and uh, I guess you know I'm I'm woke. Whoa. I'm a woke ass motherfucker. I'm woke. I'm a woke. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, dude. I'm losing. It. All Let's right. go on to the top. Five. And we're getting to the. I, top I see there, there's like this this weird light thing on my camera that probably I only I can see and it looks like I have food hanging out of my mouth nonstop. I'm I'm trying to dodge it <laughs> in frame here. I don't see it, but yeah, you just you carry on with the show. I'm I'm in like a I'm in La La Land right now trying to figure out where this thing's coming there from. There we go. All right. So now it's the time for the top five like Matt said at the top of the fan segment if you want to get involved in this little shindig here. 
Make sure to tag us at Star Wars Time Show on all of your Star Wars art posts on Instagram and use the hashtag Star Wars Time Show on those. So let's kick off top five this week with at Tanks, T-E-N-K-S, 666. And he gives us a nice old crusty mall. But old crusty <laughs> like mall looks one. like a badass motherfucker. He's got the gray beard, his dual saber lit. Got the fire in the background. Awesome look on his face, reaching out with his hand. I mean, this, like this thing is like all posing, and it fucking killed it. It's such a cool pose for all here. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. The beard did it yeah. for me. There, there's something about seeing Maul with just a legit old man beard that it it, it adds a whole new layer to the character. It does. And this is this is young Maul. I mean, this is Darth Maul, and, and Tanks aged him with some sort of VFX wizardry. Uh, clearly, way more advanced than I could ever do. But it does; it works out. And this this again just speaks to this this Hot Toys figure. This is that Maul where you can actually get in and move the eyeballs around and and, and pose the eyeballs, which is kind of insane. Uh, but yeah, th- this is also. Like I showed you earlier with Rex, this is one of my top hot toys. So uh, Tanks did quite a spectacular job at showcasing at how awesome this figure looks. Indeed, beautiful work. Plus the beard was the beard was just yeah. A cherry I was gonna say the top. beard is really what fucking killed. Beautiful, beautiful. So, all right, at Tanks six 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 on the IG. Next up, we have an awesome shot from the first responder that I read on the on the question of Rick. Uh, that is at Ripic underscore tan. I think there's two underscores actually. R-I-P-I-K underscore underscore tan on the IG. And what we see is a shot of the soon to be couple. I'm talking about Din Dejarin oh. and our girl. Look at Nick's already. He's already shipping them. <laughs> and our girl Bo Katan. And we see Dinbo, right? Yep, Bowden. This, this one's gonna be Dinbo. Dinbo, Bowden. Bowden. Yep. What a Dinbo, Dumbo, something like Bodo. that. But what we Bodega. see is we see Bo, and she's holding the dark saber, ignited and ready for battle. Oh, yeah. Next to her king to be, Din Djarin, <laughs> whipping the pistol out, shooting, and they're in the middle of a, a a forest. So something's going down in this forest here. I mean, honestly. Overall, I thought it was good. I thought that there was good effects done on the muzzle blast from the uh, the blaster. The dark saber effect was pretty cool too, and just the uh, the atmosphere and the environment around them was very. Interesting. I thought it was. A- no, it was a. It was a. Like I said, Ripic has has definitely been up and up in the game over the past few months, especially with dios built and scenes crafted. And, uh, this is the uh, this outdoor dio he uses a bit, but it, it it is slick. You get some of the practical rain effects in there. Uh, it, it's not here because the Instagram sucks, but it, it actually looks nice and crispy on a phone. Like I, I, that was one of my favorite parts of the shot when I first saw it was just the the clarity of Bo, the the character in focus. It was just a very nice sharp image of her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean she does. I have to say, she does look more natural holding the saber than Dumpster Denny Boy. Um, to me, Din, his main function is to uh, to block and protect. Yes, right. Just stand there, <laughs> eat the bullets, eat, eat blaster bolts. Let let the ladies do their job. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, good stuff there from at Ripik, R I P I K underscore underscore. Next up. 
This is I'm one that plays story. back to the beginning of the show. So this is a shot from at And I believe this is an Go ahead. Go ahead. This is three Leslie, yeah. but I'm I'm pretty sure this is an old shot of theirs that they just broke out again. And I, I think this is the second time we've featured it <laughs> and put it in the top five. Hey, but go ahead, set it up. It's perfect. So what we have here from three it Leslie is. is we have three Buckethead Stormtroopers and they're strapped <laughs> up with proton packs and they're crossing the beams. They're crossing the beams oh, and yeah. killing something up there. They're capturing the ghost. You even see on the ground they have the... There's uh, a the trap, ghost down trap there. right down there. I mean, it's <laughs> like Free Lessie nailed everything. The, the posing is great. The animation or the the post pro, the post done on the uh, on the proton pack beams is awesome. I mean, it's just the little details. Three Lessie fucking the core nails beams, Nick, are actually practical. The, oh, the really? core part of the beams are practical. It's it's light painting. Yeah, I, wow. I saw it in the behind the scenes. It's where you use a very, like very, slow, very, very slow yeah. shutter speed, like thirty seconds or more. You hit the button, and you know you could go take a dump before you hear it click again. And just sat there with a little LED light, and you know, kind of drew the 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 streams with it and uh recolored it in post but yeah the the core part of those beams are practical which is impressive yeah, but it, it it is it's the pose you you really feel like you know a vankman could be in yeah. there uh ray right yep. you got ray um peter peter vankman spangler Egon, you, you, they always leave out and Ernie. Ernie. Well, no, what was Ernie's name? What was his real name in the in the movie? I always forget. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> it's uh, Winston. The poor Winston token black guy. There you go. Yeah, Winston. There you go. Winston Zedmore. Yep. yep. So they always leave out Winston. This chick is toast. <laughs> <laughs> Such good shit. Dude, Bill Murray's the best. I know. Fucking uh, love that guy. But yeah, building even more hype for the Ghostbusters Afterlife release. So make sure to go, go check it out. There you go. At 3 Lessie, L-E-S-I-E, on the IG. Next up in the top five, this is from Action Figure Snaps. Our good A t-shirt friend. T-shirt supplier. Yes. T-shirt supplier, Adrian. And what we check got. Check that out, Adrian. We're still wearing them, buddy. And we, we, we call each other and we coordinate yep. these days. We still get them together often so <laughs> this shot here from action figure snaps is the is the double decapitation from uh from endor luke luke skywalker here so you see yeah him fighting he's actually fighting a show it looks like on one side you got a shore trooper on there uh sure scout and then and a two scouts yeah, and two scouts like. and the two scouts heads are just flying one's on the ground one's flying through the air Luke cutting them both off with the green boy while the shore trooper stands off to the side, tries to do something about it, but he can't. Um, I mean, really on this shot, the, the effects of the, uh, of the lightsaber blades on the, on the decapitated necks looks awesome. The weathering on the figures is great. And then just the, the outside atmosphere on the shot really well i love it i love it i mean it's a great great action shot from the appropriately named at action figure snaps my question for you nick would luke skywalker take this approach i don't know man after seeing him just walk through the dark those were those were droids those Those were were droids droids, would 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 he run roughshod through other humans by chopping their heads off to me you Maybe know, it's, it's like he's channeling his father here. Yeah. Um, 
Maybe not. Uh, and th- again, this, this is nothing against the shot. I love the fucking shot. It's just, it's like a what if. Would would Luke do this? Yeah. I mean, even when he was like going through the fucking, the Jabba's sail barge, he had his saber on stun. Like he wasn't chopping people's heads off or hands off or anything. Like he, he was literally like, <laughs> like hitting people with a blade <laughs> and it wasn't even cutting them. He was like, it was oh, almost like. That's the best way to explain like, it. it. It was more or less. They just didn't have the, the effects technology yeah. back then to make easy, you know, arms getting chopped off. Cause you're right. I mean, there, there's one dude, he slices like right down the middle of his face and he just kind of goes. Yeah. Ah, he like, he hits away. a Gamorrean like over the head <laughs> like, with the blade and he just falls right. over. No big deal. <laughs> He has his lightsaber on stun. I've never heard them being described that way, but that's exactly kind of how lightsabers are in the original trilogy. They're they're mostly on stun when they're fighting other humanoids. Yeah, you know, you can't cut all the way through. <laughs> so. Leia's up there like, God damn it, Luke, just kill these motherfuckers. He's like, I, I can't. R2's got it it's set, set to, to stun. stun. He's like, boink, boink. <laughs> he just keeps boinking people over the head and knocking them out. Oh, man. <laughs> So, oh my I think God, you're yeah, right, you though. I me. think I think Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight Luke, <laughs> he would take the high road. He would not kill these. Anakin, this weapon is your life. Just make sure you never set it to stun. <laughs> it's stuck uh, on it. stun, man. Setting stun on it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Master. I got it stuck on stun again. He's just he's sitting there whacking people like it's a fucking bat. <laughs> All right. Uh, good one. And okay. the last one up this week for the top five is at Killer Setup. Out the toy box into the fire. He's been uh, in a couple of top fives recently. And and like you said, man, this whole, this is what makes it. It's such a fantastic setup. So what you see is all of your Clone Wars favorites. You got General Kenobi, General Skywalker. You got ahsoka right next to him you got captain rex you got all the boys in here you even got who uh you got cody off to the side r2d2 sliding yep. in there in the back and they're they're planning a mission you see a hollow table in front of them with the galaxy map uh up and running the the hollow galaxy map and they're like planning an assault it looks like some sort of uh big uh mission being planned here in this shot by out the toy box into the yeah it's it's i mean the lighting's great the effects are great it's the staging though i mean it's just it's a well staged shot Uh, the characters are all looking at anakin who's delivering the the strategy uh you know you got the the blue hue of the hollow table reflecting off of cody anakin yeah it's just it's it's kick-ass and then i think that's a custom sculpt tamara head on the the clone, the the jetpack clone, all the way there on the right side of the screen, but it is it, it just it looks like a scene taken right out of the final season of the Clone Wars when they were all together again, right there before uh, Anakin and Kenobi had to um, head back, and you know what happened after that. But it's just a hell of a setup from out the toy box into the fire, all one word on Instagram. Beautiful, beautiful. There we go. Um, and that's it. That's the end of the top five for this week. Thank you to everybody who tagged us using at Star Wars Time Show and hashtag Star Wars. And that's the end of the show. So, Matt, bring us home. Let's get down to it, my friends. We always appreciate the listens. If you're on the live, hey, thank you for taking the time in the middle of your day. 
to check in on on your on the Star Wars Time Show bros. We always appreciate it. It was great to have Nick back. We did our thing. We talked Ghostbusters. We talked Ahsoka. We talked Kenobi. Uh, but if you want to stick around, if you if you want to get looped into the Star Wars Time Show and you are not already, first off, shame on you. But to fix that, you can head to StarWarsTime.net. Do a little dance as you get yourself over there. I like this is my modified truffle shuffle. You know what I mean? If you ever see Goonies, that guy's shaking his his bowl of jelly. One of the best scenes in movies of all time. You probably wouldn't be able to do it these days because they would accuse you of making fun of fat children. Uh, but either way, we support the truffle shuffle over here at the Star Wars Time Show. And you can learn about the other things we support from that galaxy far, far away by heading to StarWarsTime.net. Like I said, that's where we got all of our podcast links to whatever platform you want. We even got our YouTube link there. You can just scroll down, click the button, and you will be automatically subscribed. Speaking of the YouTube, if you're not subscribed and you're listening right now, do it. If you're on the live stream, pause it, hit sub, click the little alarm bell, get those notifications set up. I have gotten better at actually scheduling the streams in YouTube systems, so it sends you an announcement, I believe, 30 minutes before the show may or may not go live. So if you're not subbed up and you're watching on YouTube now, please do it. If you're listening on the audio only, hit the pause button and take the two seconds to go subscribe on YouTube as well. And speaking of the audio only, if you haven't done so, make sure you click the subscribe there and rate and review the show if you can do it. Rating and reviewing the show on all platforms is more important than life itself. It's how you can tell the artificial intelligence that controls the internet these days that we are worth checking out. Otherwise, we're always going to be one tier below mediocre. We need you to at least get us to mediocre and maybe one day above average, right? We're not shooting for excellent or top tier. All we want is above average, all right? Let's keep building the fan base. I want to see those downloads go up. I want to see the subscribers go up. It makes me happy. It keeps me motivated to keep doing this silly little show when throughout the week I'm sitting there going, what am I doing? Why do I tie up this young man's Tuesday afternoons every week? What are we really doing with our lives? You can let us know by supporting the Star Wars Time Show because there's always time for Star Wars Time. So get with it. Spread the word. Convince someone. Give them the Kool-Aid. We need it. We got to get things improved in 2022. 2021 was not a great year for the Star Wars Time Show uh, compared to 2020. So let's, let's turn that around. We'll try our best to keep giving you the basic content that we provide. So really what I'm saying, it's all on you, the fans. Because there's always time for Star Wars Time. And if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always. <laughs>